You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this week we are talking about our top 10 favorite movies of 2023. Uh, and joining me, as they have done for the past two years, three years, I don't know how long it's been, uh, we are joined by men who are always here to talk about the favorite movies of the year. Uh, first up, it is Mark Warner. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Fantastic to be here. Uh I'm excited to talk movies I like this year. I love Maybe there weren't as many of them as there maybe. were in previous years. <laughs> not definitely not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, the other voice you just heard was uh, Hayden Gilbert. Hayden, how you doing? Matt, we came up from Texas to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing them. I should let you say that. You're the podcast detective. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, Mark saved me. I, <laughs> I didn't know who was supposed to take the line, but yeah, that would have been a good moment for the like slow zoom with the malignant "Where Is My Mind" uh, music. <laughs> oh my god! I, I know who did them. This but is yeah, Michael. People... My, this is Michael Meyerstandy that I got for Christmas from my aunt. Oh my god. <laughs> That's for the listening audience, uh, I am uh, actually staying at Hayden's house for the week, and he had that uh, standee hidden uh, in a hallway by the room where I'm staying, and I opened it, like, l- the door late one night, and he was just right there in front of me, oh my God. scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I- I'm like Stephen King from the Maximum Overdrive trailer. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> Such a great trailer. Um, yeah, so we're joined by Hayden and his Michael Myers standee, which I wish people could see. But uh, Mark, I also would have shit myself. In the middle of the night, I open the door and there's Michael Myers standing in front of <laughs> Would have been dead. Um, <laughs> no Michael Myers this year in movies, though. I know. I, this this definitely changes the list. The past couple years, you know, we've had a Halloween movie to talk about. Okay, that's a, that's a good reason for why this is not as good of a movie year. It's a Michael Myers as 21 and 22. There's no Michael Myers this year. <laughs> but you got a new Exorcist movie. Does that help me something? My home. <laughs> Can you pick up my condescending sniff? <laughs> I think that came across. Um, well, I, I, for one, like Exorcist Believer quite a bit. Maybe, no, we'll talk, maybe we'll be talking about it today. It's no kills or ends, though, Mark. You've, you've got to admit Hmm. Well, we'll find out today, though, won't we? We know. Love how love how Mark's playing is so close to the vest. Um, but <laughs> what I'm good yes, at. I I know you're good at that. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining me again. Talk about our favorite movies of the year. Uh, yes, and uh, I, I love doing this episode. It's so much fun. So 
uh, before we get in the top 10, uh, I will ask you kind of, I think I do this every year, general thoughts. I think, Hayden, I know your thoughts. I'll just go to you first. Your thoughts on the year 2023 in movies. Good year, bad year, middle of the road year. Bleak. Bad year. <laughs> bad year for movies. I mean, like, here's the thing. Whenever you say that, people automatically assume, I love putting words in people's mouth, but I, people <laughs> automatically assume they're like, Oh, well, then you every you're saying every movie this year sucked. What the hell? And it's like, no, I have I have a list of 10 movies, most of which I really like a few of which I love, but most of which I really like. And then some honorable mentions that I really like. So, I mean, it's not a waste. It's not a terrible year. It's not like 2020 when we had a pandemic, but it's like the worst one since because 21 and 22 runneth over with movies that I loved. Now, the only caveat here is I would say because I'm a genre guy, that might just be the genre movies that have been lacking because <clears throat> I did find quite a few movies that I was looking forward to this year to be disappointing more so than the last few years whenever I... I, I'm usually like, well, if I'm interested in it, I'm going to see it and I'm going to enjoy it. This year, I kind of walked away from quite a few going, that was okay, but it's not exactly what I wanted it to be more often than not. Um, I, but that, But also that being said, like no one's going to see every movie that comes out every year. You have to go by what you are interested in seeing. And I'm still pretty uh, like up to date on trailers and everything and knowing what movies are coming out. And so there really wasn't that many movies outside of what I saw that looked or sounded interesting to me. So I think I can definitively say bad year for movies. Like this is not, it's kind of <laughs> shocking to get to like, have to wait till July to get a movie you love. Right. And that didn't happen for you, Matt. Uh, certain movie came out way earlier but <laughs> like the last few years uh and before 2020 and you know the few years like before that i saw movies that would have made my top tens and did sometimes my favorite movies of the year uh like march april may you know so i don't know um this this whole thing that i keep hearing that this is the best movie year and whatever I, I don't agree with it i don't agree with it okay i appreciate i appreciate your candor <laughs> <It's like> this... <laughs> look uh, everybody look. everybody who's a movie fan i'm glad that they think that this is like the best i'm glad whenever people think oh man it's only getting better cinema is alive <laughs> i just don't see it that way i wish i, I did. do i will say this i think this is a definitely a turning point year for movies because I think Hollywood realized oh, uh, the bubble has burst. Done. The yeah, bubble has done. burst on superhero movies. Um, over. Even get them out of here. That, yeah, get them out of here. <laughs> well, I know you are not a fan. I am a fan for the most part. I think I made that pretty clear. I'm not. A, I'm not a Marvel DC hater, but the, I think if you are, love the movies, you have to admit that comic movies had a rough year. Like it was. Ooh bleak for it just kept getting worse and worse and worse so it will be interesting going forward from this point where hollywood has to change because they've realized like okay that bubble's burst what's the next thing i don't know what the toys. next thing's gonna be toys 
Toys. Just toys. Oh yeah, Bar- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Toys. We're gonna get a. That's the biggest movie of the year. I can't wait it's... for a Connect Four movie soon. Um, so we're gonna get. Uh, who knows what's gonna happen? But it's just it's... getting worse and worse, Matt. The next trend <laughs> is toys. Then again, maybe the Transformers will make a comeback, but this time there'll be toys in the universe. We we will see. We will see. Uh, okay, Mark, I will I will jump to you for your thoughts on 2023 movies. Yeah, I figured I'd just let Hayden roll. I know that's one of his favorite subjects to talk about <laughs> these days. Just I, make, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I it's, I mean, I would not say it was a bad year because yeah, there were a lot of movies I really like this year. But when I think back to like my favorite movies from the past couple of years, like there were so many bangers on that, on those lists. Like I would definitely, I mean, you go back to like my favorites from the past couple of years, like uh, Avatar, Way of Water, Dune, uh, maybe a certain movie about Michael Myers that no one thinks is as good as we do, but I think it's amazing. (laughs) And yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I saw anything this year that quite lived up to the level of any of those. And then like, you know, like I don't know, sometimes the easiest way to look, look at things is in terms of your letterbox rankings, because I mean, I don't know, it's a concrete thing you have to look at. And I think back to the number of like four and a half and fives I have on my list each year. And I feel like I had to I had to dip into the fours this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I had to do that the past couple of years. Yeah, I think yeah, we're, we're I think we're pretty similar on so this. I, mark. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll just say yeah. I there were quite a few movies that I really liked. Like when I was putting this list together, like the four, I got a lot of fours this year, but the four and a half <laughs> and fives are, uh, they're not as prominent as they were last year. I had a much easier time making my list this year than I did last year. I, we're pretty on the much on the same page here, Mark. Yeah, I uh. I had so many movies in like the same level, the same tier, yeah. but they weren't like, and they were good movies. They were good movies. But last year I felt like we were just spoiled rotten with like movies. I loved, like I went back and looked yeah. at my top 10 and I was like, wow, like from up to like the 10 spot, these are all like four and a half, five star movies for me. Uh, just bangers. Like it, <laughs> it was so mm-hmm. good. And this year was like a couple things at the top, but like everything yeah. kind of down was kind of like, okay, these are good but they're all on the same level, which actually made it harder for me to make a list. Which like I posted about mm-hmm. this on Twitter where I was like, this is the hardest year to make a list ever for me because I'm trying to decide between like movies that are all in the same cat, kind of in the same grouping. I'm like, okay, are you the better four-star movie or are you the better four-star movie? <laughs> it's like, will I rewatch this movie or that movie? And hey, listen, four-star out of five movie, that's a great, that's great. I mean, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at, but I just felt like we were just spoiled last year so yeah, it felt yeah. like we had nowhere to go but down from 2022 and i know hey and i talked about this earlier in the year i felt like it was bleak up until like the summer oh. and maybe even like it really Wasteland. didn't kick in for me till like very late in the fall winter like and that's i mean the movie studios like backload the year with like oscar contenders which usually aren't even my thing anyway but it was like there was a lot of good movies that came on a surge at the end, I felt like. But for like mm-hmm. most of the year, I was like, how in the hell am I going to make a top 10 list? Because <laughs> it and like that happens sometimes. But this year, it felt like it went on later and later and later where I was like, where are the good movies? <laughs> so I hey, was where they at? <laughs> got a, yeah, got, got a list to make, man. Come on. <laughs> I got a list of least. All that matters. Um, <laughs> but I thought it ended very strong. 
I still don't think it's as good as not good as last year. I don't think it's good as 2021. I'll have to go back and look at 2021 because I'm kind of blanking right now what exactly was in 2021. Malignant kills. Malignant kills. Uh, that's a crossover for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Ooh. Mark and Hayden's number one movie of the millennium, *Malignant Kills*. <laughs> like, just twenty-one I mean... had some good movies, and I am wondering if it like. Well, I was gonna say, I wonder if it benefited from just being the first real move, like you know, a return to a real movie year. But then again, no, I I do think those movies were good because they were just movies that should have come out earlier that were postponed. So I mean, it was the year of *Black Widow*. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> hey, I've heard several <laughs> podcasters say, looking back on Black Widow, they shouldn't have been complaining. Oh, Mark was ahead <laughs> of the curve. <laughs> because I, I, I mean, not to give anything away, did any superhero movie make anybody's list this year? I can only think of one that might have. You don't think we're going to be talking about Quantumania? <laughs> not particularly, uh, unless we want to talk yeah. about one of its stars. In which oh, case oh, we would be a gossip. In which case we'd be a gossip. Uh, <laughs> a gossip podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing the podcast to a TMZ style format where we just talk about gossip. <laughs> yeah, well, we can read off the names of the Jeffrey Epstein associates that just <laughs> dropped last night. Um, I thought it got delayed. Did it actually drop? Uh, a few of them came out. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, who was it? Vera oh Wang. God. One of them. But like a lot of them are like people that they've been floating because they were in his little black book. So we all knew we just didn't have confirmation till. Fair enough. But everybody will everybody will know this by the time this episode. Oh, yeah. This will be by next week. It'll be the talk of, you know, everywhere. I haven't haven't followed that closely because I keep seeing false things come out people are just making up their own agenda like people on one side of their side are like so-and-so's on the list and people are like you you made this up and it's like i don't know man i just want to yeah. watch movies i don't know what's going on let's just uh, <laughs> look let's just blanket say they're all complicit and now let's talk about their movies yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hope it's no one on no one prominent on my list um <laughs> movie of stars here um uh, also, one thing I will say before we start, the one, this year was weird because there was a lot of things I was looking forward to that I felt like didn't quite live up to the hype. And a lot of movies yeah. that came out of nowhere for me that surprised me that were not on my radar. Yeah. So it was I interesting. Think my number, I think my number one got pushed back to next year. So I think my number one got bi- shot in the head and buried by <laughs> a certain studio. Oh, God. The same studio, in fact. Uh-huh. Did they yeah. wait? Hold on. Did they say I know Salem's a lot? Did they say it's coming out on Max? They didn't say anything. There are I rumors. They're there they're just news. allowing they're just allowing like a very few people like people like people who are insanely excited about it. I mean, it's not many. Like, who really cares about the Salem's Lot remake except for me and like a handful of other people? But like, <laughs> they're allowing us to just go stir crazy and like overanalyze every single little thing that comes out there was a tease that it might come out to max because quote unquote they were desperate for content (laughs) they were desperate for (laughs) streaming content Uh in the wake of the uh strikes but now the strikes are resolved so (laughs) it's my only way they don't need the strikes as an excuse to put it exactly um 
I didn't mean to go, oh, the strikes in. <laughs> I'm happy about that. But every day no, we like, stray oh, further from God's out. light. Also, yeah. it just makes me go, oh, to hear, oh, we need more content. Throw the sales. Like, yeah. They're oh. so, like, naked about it. I watched that. Hey, this is a release. I watched that <laughs> Warner Brothers 100-year anniversary documentary this year. Oh, Complete yeah. Complete and utter bullshit. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Imagine. Like, I was kind of looking forward to that. A third of it is Zaslav being like, there's nothing like the magic movies. And then it like ends with him saying, we've got a lot more stories to tell and we're excited to tell them. I was just like, then release them, you fuck. And then get out of here. I hope, I hope they release Salem's Lot and they go out of business. That's what I'm hoping. I hope Disney buys them then they can make their stupid Batman versus Spider-Man movie. And then it can finally, like it can all end. Okay. Good. I just imagine him also being like, I love tax write-offs. Like he's just <laughs> I love write off my taxes. <laughs> I guess, I guess I'm trying to be positive here. The one Salem's Lot has not been written off as a, a tax write-off movie, which you think they would have done yet. by now. Like if they were gonna do it, why would they wait? You know, this the I mean... the story the the storied history of its delayed release is like full of so many ups and downs. Matt, I don't know if you remember this, <laughs> that I was freaking out. It was supposed to come out on my birthday last year. Oh, yeah. And then they said, uh, no, we're giving that to Evil Dead Rise. Never mind. Fuck you. And then they uh, and then they delayed it till September. And then they just said, and then it just, they didn't announce anything. It just disappeared. It just vanished off the, the list of the yeah. users. Yeah. So. All right. Well. <laughs> well, if you say something, I'm sorry. No, no, I have nothing. Okay, to say. okay. again, I'm just letting Hayden riff because uh, sorry, I've I know gotta get it it's out. the year wrap up. He's got to get it out. He's got to get it out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's got to get. It's like, get a, it. it's like a wound. I got to get the pus out. It'll eat him alive. If he lets it fest. Pus in boots. That might oh, yeah. no, wait. When did that come out? That That's was a last trauma. Tw- That's a trauma parody coming out. Too, I mean, I boots. saw that this year. So I theoretically, if I wanted to, you know, shake things up, I could put that on my list with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're known for cheating on these fuckers, but like that's 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 a step. By the way, my number one movie for this year is The Abyss. My (laughs) channel. Wow. Oh, the special edition remaster. Um, I I thought you were saying a TV show was gonna be your number one. I was like, this can't happen. This cannot. (laughs) Me and me and Mark's buddy saw Way of Water in January, and that's his number one for this year. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's so good. I can understand. Um, okay, carries over. Let's just carry it over. (laughs) Uh, I guess we should get into it. Uh, I think let's do it. By now, I think I've. I think I've let Mark go first the past couple of years, I think. So unless I'm wrong, I was going to let Hayden go first just to mix things up a little bit. I can't even remember. <laughs> it, Mark went first last year, I remember, because he cheated. Are we cheating again this year? I You can set the tone for that if you're going to go first. I feel like I followed Mark's lead last year because I was like, yeah. oh, shit, we're doing ties? <laughs> I was very against. I was very against it. And then I very easily fell in behind you too because i was like well if everybody's doing then then, then i'm gonna do it too i, I so, mean easily led i uh, the problem I, if i did a tie at 10 this year i would name like nine movies because i'm like all these could have been number 10 i don't know like so I, you know what you you do what you want <laughs> well, i will I, allow ties in the 10 spot that's it that's the only place i'll allow ties. well okay so here's the thing i'm going to set the tone and i'm going to say no ties because I the only reason why I would is there are three there's t- my 10 oh, no. 11 and 12 
I'm my joking. 10, I don't have any okay, classes okay. here. My 10, 11, and 12 are exactly the same caveat Mark made last year where he said, well, I've got three horror movies that are so interchangeable, like they might as well not even be on the list or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so he just did three horror movies at number 10. And I have exactly that issue here. Oh, that my, my list is like, it's not in flux. It's pretty much set, but there's a, I mean, these three are interchangeable. I like them the same amount. Okay. And really quick, I sorry, will make to, it sorry to cut quick. you off. Quick question. We're still going to do what we've done in the past where if a movie's higher on somebody else's list, yes. I'm going to say yeah. table it. And I'm actually keeping track of our list this year, so that'll be easier to God, do. Cause God bless you, Mark. Uh, so... Twice, le- like the both the past couple of years, I have forgotten that a certain title has been mentioned and have <laughs> screwed up my big lead up. To oh, it. Okay, so yeah, if the title comes up on somebody else's, if they if they know it's higher, they got to say, because I don't know what's on your list, you got to say, oh, hang on or table it or whatever you want to. I say table yeah. like 40 times in the show, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's the only caveat. Otherwise, we're going to go around. It'll be simple. So, Hayden, All right. 10 or My 10s. number 10 <laughs> is a direct-to-streaming movie, and not like one of these premiere streamers. No, this is Shitter. This is... <laughs> oh, sorry, Shutter. I'm sorry. This is Shutter. Oh. But, and, and I make fun of Shutter a lot for their content. However, this movie... Mark would agree. One of the scariest movies we've seen in years. So my number 10 is Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. And you're going to want to wait to talk about that one. Yes. Until right now, because that's my number 10. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Okay. You see, look, Hayden and I, we disagree a lot. One, some might say it's the cornerstone of our friendship. <laughs> we also have these moments where we agree that just show why we're friends. Yeah, and it one validates of those, our One of those moments. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Mark, I'm going to kind of let you take it away in a bit. I just want to say, like, the Hell House LLC franchise... Um, I don't want to say the franchise is special to me because I really hate those sequels, but like the first movie is so good. And I remember kind of hearing about it and hearing it was pretty good. And then I watched the first one. I was like, why doesn't, why isn't this like something everyone talks about? It just worked so well for me. It creeped me out. A horror movie hadn't scared me like that since I, saw like Lake Mungo or something, you know, like it, it just, that first movie really nailed the authentic um, kind of like the authenticity that my favorite found footage horror movies do. And when found footage movies are good, they scare me like no other horror movie can. I may like other kinds of horror movies more because I want to enjoy them or like the fantasy of it all, like the Gothic stuff, but found footage horror movies that cinema verite (laughs) style of them really really gets under my skin and so i love the original for that it feels so authentic and so real and the plot is great the setting is amazing those clowns are scary as hell and then they made two (laughs) they made two sequels where they went off the deep end I guess they just wanted to explore the lore, but the production of two and three are really, really lacking. 
Mm. Um, and they just kind of forget, like they kind of just like do away with wanting to try and be realistic to make you believe it. (laughs) But this one gets back to let's get down to business is what it says. That should have been the trailer (laughs) song. Uh, no, but it like brings it back down to reality. It simplifies everything and it gets back to a, um, more realistic kind of story and setup. And it's amazing. Like, I love that, um, who's the guy who made these movies? Stephen Cognetti. Stephen Cognetti redeemed himself and like his, his, his baby of a franchise because, this movie is really, really creepy. Mark, I'm going to let yeah. you. <laughs> I, uh, look, this was a last minute addition to my list. Uh, Hayden actually showed this to me the other night. Um, and I loved the first one, but yeah, I was not too fond of the sequels. So I was um, not exactly in a rush to see this despite, you know, positive word of mouth, but, you know, sat me down, showed it to me. And horror is my favorite genre, and I place a lot of value on a movie if it is able to scare me. Now, for me, scare is not just, you know, a well-executed moment that makes you jump. No, for me, like, something scares me, stays with me after the movie, and I cannot forget it. And then I have to go to bed listening to podcasts I don't like just because I don't want to go to bed (laughs) silent in the silent darkness and that's exactly what this movie it is one of the scariest movies i have seen in a long time it had me completely on edge it had me freaking out it is a like the scares are very he has the simple formula where it's a documentary setup and people are kind of talking about something that happens and then it goes back and kind of shows what they're talking about in real time and I think that formula really helps to execute the scares in this movie. And there are some good, those clowns that are all over the post, all over this franchise are terrifying. And they do some things with them in this movie we haven't seen before. Just, it's just an expert. Again, I'm giving it a lot of props solely for being scary. It's the one I'm not sure if I should have put it on my list, but because of how much it affected me in a good way i had to put it on the list i felt wow okay i think the three of us talked about the hell house movies like a while back and you guys were kind of i think encouraged me to watch the first one i've seen none of the hell house movies and i think hayden was like watch i'm glad the first that one. conversation paid off glad, <laughs> glad you really respect our opinion man i'm so sorry i haven't watched any of them. But I feel like you said, Hayden, just watch the first one, skip yeah. the sequels. So now can I watch the first one, skip the sequels, and watch this new one? Oh, absolutely. However, I do change my tune. You should watch the sequels to know how truly bad it can get. But <laughs> And there is some fun little lore. The ideas, well, some of the ideas in the sequels are kind of neat. But if you want just two good movies, one and four. You know what probably put me off from watching them was you said they were really scary. And as I admitted on, I think, oh, the Discoveries gosh. episode, Daniel, I was like, I don't like being scared. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like uh, it at all. Uh, it, just kind of, it kind of weirds me out. That it doesn't weird me out. It's strange to me that 
uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about a uh, talk about this movie this year. I heard more about other Shutter releases than I did this. Yeah, I kind of forgot this came out because I've heard like no one talk about it besides you guys, honestly. And uh, uh, yeah, I got it. Is it so? It's the same writer director from mm-hmm. the whole series. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That I, it sounded almost he handed off the sequels and then came back to save it, but he saved himself from he saved himself. <laughs> himself. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay, I will. I promise you one day. And we'll watch I can, Hell House. <laughs> I can promise Hell House L- Hell House LLC Four Origins, the Carmichael Manor does not feature does not feature an interactive pl- uh, play adaptation of Faust. So that's good. Oh my god! Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, <laughs> so that's our number tens, Matt. What about time for your number ten? Star of the uh, show. I'm going a very different direction. My number ten, um, and it may be higher. I don't know. Um, a movie that surprised me, like we talked about. Uh, my number 10 is Todd Haynes' May December. I think you're good. Oh, okay, all right. I thought yeah, you good, a... Matt. I thought that <laughs> might be on Mark's list. I know he's a Julian Moore fan. Um, okay, a movie that I just not on my radar. It's a Netflix, straight to Netflix movie. Uh, I've only seen one Todd Haynes movie, Carol, which I thought was really good, mm-hmm. and but I was like, yeah. This just seems higher quality than typical Netflix stuff. Uh, so, and it's got Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, who I really like. Uh, I was like, I'll give this a shot. Never watched a trailer. Went in completely blind. Didn't know what it was about. I was like, oh, that's what this movie's about? Basically, it's um, Natalie Portman, this actress who goes to kind of visit this family because she's making this movie about their real story because Julianne Moore was a teacher who slept with her student, played by... Charles Melton, who I don't know from anything else. First thing I'd seen him in that I know of. Um, Melton. Yeah. <laughs> that Melton boy. He and, should, they uh, should remake <laughs> The Incredible Melton Man. <laughs> Charles Melton. That'll yeah. get him his Oscar. <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, they, I mean, so they had like this affair when he was very young, like 12 or 13 or a teenager, and she was an adult. They had kids. They still are together. Um, so Natalie Portman comes to like live, not live with them, but stay with them and kind of just see how their lives are. And, uh, there's so much going on in this movie. Like, that's why I was like blown away. It's got all these levels. Like at first I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of like, kind of like a goofy, not goofy, but like a little satire. And then it gets kind of more serious than I expected. (laughs) And, uh, uh, it's. Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman and Charles Melton, like three of the best performances I saw all year. Like I just was like blown away by how good they are. And they're all doing very different things in their parts. Um, It's, it's like, it's so sneaky, funny, even though it's about this kind of like subject that's kind of like, Ooh, like it doesn't make you, it does make you feel kind of, uh, kind of, uh, but it, I think it's trying to do that. And I, it was so funny because I was like, oh, this is a whole riff on the Mary Kay Letourneau thing from when I was a kid, which was like a big controversial news story. Like, um, it's just doing that. And there's so, I mean, I got, I, I don't even talk about it. If, like the whole thing, I could just go through the whole thing, but it's, it's, I just was constantly surprised by it, by where it was going. Um, it's got so many great little moments that I feel like are very subtle and I probably need to watch it again to catch everything. Um, yeah, it just, it, I thought it was great. I don't know what I'll say about it, but I, it was one of the most surprising things of the year. Cause I was like, Oh, okay, I'll watch this. And then I was like, this is, I was trying to do work while I was watching it. And I kept being, <laughs> that's a good, uh, dear movie when I'm like, 
when I'm distracted constantly by the movie because I'm like, oh, oh okay, let's go. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's great. Have, did, did you guys see this? I don't even know if you saw it or not. I saw it. Um, I, I generally do like Todd Haynes. So I, and I mean, I love Julianne Moore. So I was looking forward to it. And I, I got I got what it was doing. But honestly, I, mean, I don't want to be too mean because I know you loved it, Matt. I just thought it was kind of boring. Like people talk okay. about how it's like actually funny and it's not the um it's not just the serious subject matter you read in the plot line, but I'm just like, I got what it was doing. It just didn't really work for me. Julianne Moore was great, Natalie Portman was great. I thought Charles Melton was the actually stole the show. I thought what he was doing was pretty incredible. But I mean, yeah, I pretty much forgot about it immediately after I watched it. It's what? one of those, yeah, it's one of those universally beloved movies that just didn't click for me. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, hey, did you, did you see this one? I did not see May December. I did see Todd Haynes's Carol around Christmas. And I really liked that. Now, I'm glad that uh, this one was good. I'm glad he brought it back around because I heard January, September was really good. But I heard <laughs> the lore in February, <laughs> October, and April, November get really bad. So I'm glad he redeemed himself with May December. No, he finally <laughs> he finally got it. <laughs> I no, can't I, wait for May December kills. Oh, <laughs> that would be that'd be something. No, I uh, I haven't seen it, and for a person who is not on Twitter, I I don't know how, but I hear a lot about stuff on Twitter or X. Yeah, Ty West X. Yeah, yeah. The website Ty, the West. Yeah, the the, the website Ty West. I'd be more on board if it was Ty West X was the website. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, Mia Goth would be there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh uh, no, uh, but I guess because people on YouTube and people on all the other, like all the other, the other things, the content creators on the other things that I watch, you know. They refer back to, well, that sounds fucking shady. I just mean like <laughs> mainly YouTube. I think YouTube creators refer to X a lot. So, um, <laughs> sorry, but like uh, I did hear about the response to May, December. So the only thing I knew about it was that online people, it became a topic of discussion as to whether, whether or not May, December was quote unquote camp. And so like, oh God, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm <laughs> super interested in seeing it because I'm not a big camp fan. I don't but... think it's, yeah, please don't let that sway you because that whole, that whole debate, there was a lot of debates about May, December about things and people were saying, you shouldn't laugh at it. It's, it's like, I, don't I, yeah, laugh. It's like, I understand that it's, 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 it's a serious kind of subject and it's not, no, it's like, I don't know. There's just a way to find levity in these stories that are not, right. you know, doesn't to be completely dour. I was new. raised in a family where we don't take anything. I mean, like that sounds bad, like, but we, we can, we can make yeah. light of most situations, not at the expense of anyone else, just because like, look, this is life. If it's full of a lot of ups and downs. And if you can't find a way to laugh at something, then uh, I don't know. Laugh to keep from crying as Tyler Perry. That's, yes. <laughs> and no one and no one else. It's not an expression. Uh, just him would say that. Uh and I mean I the we it's I talked about all these movies that could have made number 10, but May December was the one I was like, I think this has three amazing performances, and I've thought about it a bunch as so I watched it, and that was kind of what pushed it into the I was like, okay, this will make the list at 10. But um, yeah, don't let the people sway you, Hayden. I think I think it's good. Uh if I ever get access to my mommy's Netflix account again. <laughs> Oh, that happened the, to a lot of us this year. Yeah. yeah. I, have to, 
<laughs> Dude, that's the other thing is like not just like the the misery of the theatrical experience. Like a certain giant streamer was like, no, no, no content for you. And they like <laughs> pulled it away. I, was, which oh, makes me think they have no money left, but go ahead. That's, well, yeah, it was a money-losing business. The other thing besides <laughs> Super Movie, uh, that bubble bursting, I feel like the streaming bubble kind of bust because these places are like, oh, this doesn't generate us money, right? Shit, we better put these back in theaters or release, you know, maybe some physical media. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, I don't want to yeah. go off on that side tangent. But yeah, number 10 is May, December. So God, was this uh, a year? No. Was this a year Was or did Warner Brothers start last year just vanishing content that was last bibbidi year. bobbidi bibbidi bobbidi yeah, that started, bibbidi that started oh. last year yeah uh but but yeah hopefully it'll be better in the coming years for that may we'll december, see baby may december uh all right. great Time for number nine yeah. my, my number nine guys was originally uh i when was the day we recorded the last uh, hey, I know what's coming. When, I know, when was the day we recorded the last top 10? December oh 26, 2022. Oh, my yeah, gosh. So, oh, yeah. so over a year ago, I predicted this would be my number one. Oh, okay. And we had to cut that recording short. So Mark and I could run out to, I believe, an iPick, right? That is theater? correct. We went to an iPick theater in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. see a netflix movie on the big screen and when it's a netflix movie on the big screen boy you can bet your ass you won't be able to see anything because the projection is so murky so <laughs> we kind of saw this movie and i was we, a we little did get, di- we did get there late though because uh we got there a little, a little late. we got there a little late so we missed the first few minutes or like the first minute and a half uh-huh. And then we kind of saw the rest of the movie because it was really dark and gray and deep blue. So um, like the movie itself is already dark. And then something with Netflix DCPs, they project really dark. So um, watched Scott Cooper's The Pale Blue Eye. And like many other movies this year, this can be the stand in for all the genre movies that I was like, this is going to rock my world. This is going to be the best year for genre movies in my life. And then I saw so many of them. And I was like, that was okay. And so whenever <laughs> I first saw the blue, the pale blue eye, I felt a little bit like that. However, um, it's got the setting and the atmosphere that my dad and I both crave in movies. So a few, like once it dropped a little bit later, watched it again with my dad. And I really do think it's a very compelling little thriller. So condescending. It's, it's a little thriller, you know, (laughs) but I do think it is a thriller. He did good. (laughs) I do think it's a really compelling little mystery that, keeps going a little too long like it like they resolve the mystery and then it keeps going for another 20 or 30 minutes and i i think that's a little bit of a of a weakness with the movie however just the production from a production standpoint it's like undeniably exactly what i want from movies and i really did overall i really did enjoy myself and I liked it enough to comfortably say that it's it's like a 
it's a number nine. So this is the problem, right? With this, mm-hmm. with this year, my bottom few movies are movies that I really like, but in a normal year, they would just be honorable mentions. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Hell House LLC four is more exciting to talk about because I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, so it feels like I should put it higher. However, overall, I enjoyed my time and would go back to watch the pale blue eye maybe before I watch Hell House LLC four again. So that's why I'm putting it a little bit higher. Anyway, I'm, I'm dogging way too much on my number nine of the year. Uh, <laughs> I really uh-huh. like this movie. What do you guys think? I was going to let Mark go first because he's all with you in a the theater. So <laughs> I did. I uh, I really liked it. You know, I mean, I generally like the Scott Cooper movies I've seen. And I think that's I love only uh, two of them. He's like prestige. He's like, you know, Oscar season Zack Snyder in that people make fun of him because he takes things way too seriously to oh. the point that it becomes like the, the thing that people dog on his movies for. It's like they call him misery porn. And I just yeah. think I, I just think he helps draw me into his world by how seriously he takes things. Yeah. And this is a very serious handling of a you know honestly kind of schlocky story, like a murderer in uh, eight eighteen hundreds. When does it take place again? It takes place in Edgar Allan Poe time, which okay. I should know off the top of my head, but I, I don't. That guy Dudley. Do right. Oh, uh, Dursley. what's his name? Dudley Dursley. What was Dudley Dursley? Yeah, he played Dudley Dursley. Yeah, Harry was... Melling or Henry Melling? Harry, Harry yes. Melling. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. is one of the best performances of the year, I'll say. As one Edgar of the best Allen performances Poe. I've ever seen in my life. He needs to he needs to do more performances as Poe. Honestly, I would love them to make a new Poe movie every few years. He needs to return. Hey, he's the uh, get it get his own little Benoit Blanc series going where he's the <gasps> only returning character, or Poirot. Yes, crossover, crossover. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I really liked Pale Blue Eye. It didn't make the list, but it's an honorable mention. I'm oh. glad you guys brought this up because this movie came out on Netflix, I believe, the first week of January 2023. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it was literally. The first Friday they dropped it. Oh, yeah. So it has probably left most people's minds. I'm not going to lie, including my own a little bit. When you the brought night it up. swim. It's the night swim. It's the night swim of, of, of uh, 2023. <laughs> I liked it. I am literally, I'm looking at Letterbox. I am like lockstep. It has an average 3.0. I gave it three stars. Like it is like every, I've never seen so many two and a half, three star ratings for a movie. And then you guys pop up at the bottom giving it like, Four, four, I guess four stars in a heart. But like, that's most of our letterbox. That's true. That's true. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad this is happening because I movies like this that drop on streaming get forgotten, especially early in the year. And I, I loved you guys. Loved it as much. I wish I liked it as much, but I thought it was yeah. okay. But I do remember thinking that I enjoyed Christian Bale's performance and Harry, Harry Melling. Um, and I remember the, I like the way it looked, a good atmosphere. Oh, dude! But I mean, it's right up your alley. I mean, it was, I was a hating movie through and through when I saw I it. I like, oh, cosplay, like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like, of course, Aiden loves this. It's like so up his alley. But um, I just don't remember much about it. On besides that, but I remember, yeah, good atmosphere, a couple good performances. But it just, I don't remember. It just didn't do as much for me. But I'm, I'm really glad you guys brought it up because, or you brought up Hayden, I guess. But it's like I just, yeah, it's kind of been left in the the waste bin of 2023 people were like oh january <laughs> netflix movie i forgot about it so yeah that little trip just plug in that little trash can sound effect from max Clink. 
um, it's a problem with things go streaming too. It's like it's hard for them to have a life beyond. They kind of just disappear into the vortex of a streaming service. So, um, okay. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, I guess now it's to Mark, verse number oh, nine. Yeah. Mark's number nine. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it that much because I have actually brought it up on Film Feast before earlier this year. Uh, but, oh, wait a minute. My number nine is missing. I got to go find it. Um, yeah, my number nine's missing. Great bit. Missing. <laughs> That's a good with bit. Yeah. Storm Reed and Nia Long, the sequel in spirit to Searching. Uh, laptop uh, screen-based thriller, uh, pretty much set on laptops and iPhone screens about a woman played by Stor- Storm Reed looking for her mother who did not come home from her vacation. And it's just it's just a solid twist-a-minute thriller. Like, it's one of the best theatrical experiences I had this year. Very, very empty theater. I saw it almost over a month after it came out, but everyone in that theater was on this movie's wavelength and when twists were revealed people were freaking out it was just i just like a good thriller and this one is very good this was Um, mark warner's number one for like a while it does show how many good things we got in the latter half of the year but also the fact that it remained on the list shows that maybe we uh maybe we didn't get enough good stuff <laughs> yeah it came out very early too right it came out like uh it was a january release so we january. just got through a couple january releases two, two, two january movies yeah matt it's the two faces of january <laughs> i don't think i have any january in the list, but you, to... you got two other months last last pick so you you're good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i kind of made december in um i feel bad i didn't see missing because i really liked searching and uh that is just a fun like uh, the way that plays out, if it's playing out like Searching did, it's like you're constantly, it's like, oh, oh my, <laughs> things are, I mean, new information comes to light. You're like, oh, oh so like, oh. I'm kind of stealing this from everyone else that talked about, but yeah, Searching is basically a guy who does not know techno- the internet and technology that well, kind of being forced to use it to find his daughter. And this is a young girl who lives in this world and is using everything she knows to solve this mystery. So it's a compelling spin on the same material. I want to see the third one where an elderly person goes to the public library to have to 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 have to print one document. I want to see them use the oh my god, what's the machine in every horror movie when they're trying to look up old newspaper articles? Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. That the public library, oh, the microfiche, uh, microfiche. Yes, I want to see an old person using microfiche to solve. Yes, <laughs> like do you? I don't use a computer. Do you have a microfiche machine? Do you have a fucking microfiche? <laughs> Can I get, can I access Ask Jeeves on this computer? <laughs> I need to ask Jeeves. Kind of kind of a Sean Connery almost you descended into. I need to ask Jeeves. <laughs> oh my god, that was good. <laughs> um, I just watched The Hunt for Red October. And let me oh. say, Matt, it would not make my top ten. Oh no. <laughs> well get get, get me out of this fucking submarine. <laughs> I'm bored with the submarine map. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Mark, uh, I did not see searching. You had or missing, whatever. I didn't see either of them. You had your chance to show me one of them, and you didn't. Yeah, blue. I don't. I don't think it would have made his list. But I hope you, you never know. Boy. 
the way he the way he talked about 2023 it might be able to sneak on the list yeah, <laughs> so, man. well uh maybe all right well maybe i'm glad you brought that up again week. i'm glad you guys are bringing up movies this is why i have many reasons i talk to you guys about movies especially the end of your list you guys always bring up things i think other people have underrated or just not brought up and like i know it's from a place of like you know you're being sincere it's like you're just like trying to be a contrarian or anything you're yeah. just like oh use these weird movies that no one yeah. else is putting the top 10 list like there are a few okay i feel a little bad because there are a few foreign dramas i didn't get to see like i didn't get to see past lives i didn't get to see anatomy of a fall so you know there was a chance that these bottom few wouldn't have made my list however not everybody's gonna see everything I know we yeah that I don't think I need to say that but I, I there are quite a few everything. there are quite a few really big releases this year I didn't even see. Yeah. You saw the ones that counted like Quantum Mania and <laughs> Captain Marvels and the Flash, the Flash, the the Flesh is like the flesh call is, it. Uh, yeah, the Flesh and uh, <laughs> the, the, all right, the Flash was good. I'll stand behind the Flash. Whoa, that was good. a fun movie. Oh, I will not the flash was behind, fun the flash i will not fun. stand behind ezra miller but i'll stand behind the movie they were in well definitely do not stand in front of ezra miller or they'll <laughs> choke you they'll choke you in a back alley and try and kill you oh my god oh boy all right i well. would rather let's just say i would rather right. stand behind ezra miller than i would in front of them we can't go down the matt what's your number nine? all right number nine can't go down uh, this alley or i can get killed by ezra miller <laughs> I can almost guarantee this is going to get tabled immediately, and I almost feel bad putting it at number nine. Uh, hey number I nine, what it is? Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Oh, you're going to want to table that. Yeah. Okay. Want to table that shit? You're yeah. the action guy, and that's at number nine. What the listen, hell? Listen, you're the reason we're not getting a part two. I went to go see it. <laughs> I yeah, think I saw it. At number nine, and Tom Cruise ain't going to have that shit, man. He's going to call me and go, I never want to see it. I don't want to see I, it again. I, I know what the problem is. You watch too much news and not enough cruise. This year. I know. That's, uh, hey. that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, You're afraid okay. of taking a cruise this year, weren't you? All I still right. been on a cruise. Whole separate subject. Anyway, uh, all right. We're going to oh table number nine, which I knew was going to happen. Okay, so we're back to Hayden for his number eight. Number eight. Oh, we may have table this. I think we probably will. I don't know if it's on your list, Matt, but I know for sure it's going to be on Mark's. A uh, another kind of not a redemption because uh, last few things like I liked one of the last few things this guy made, but a movie long. I don't know if it was long in the making, but definitely long in the awareness of the horror scene. I got a lot of horror on my on my list this year. Um, uh, uh, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. You are gonna want to table that, believe it or not, until right now. Oh, <gasps> our lists are so copacetic. I wish it was my number eight too, but it is not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but go ahead and talk about Thanksgiving. We ain't gonna table it for you, Matt. Uh, no, no tabling. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Matt hated Thanksgiving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Back to the old Matt hates horror joke. Oh, Matt. Uh, yeah, we know this isn't your genre, Matt. You really hate horror, so I'll take a seat on this one. I'll get back. <laughs> I'll get out of here. <laughs> oh. No, I, I like Thanksgiving, but I want to hear you guys talk about Thanksgiving. So, oh man, Thanksgiving <laughs> was a blast. I mean, we got to go back to the to the Grindhouse days for just a second. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Grindhouse came out. I did not see it. However, I did eventually see it whenever it came to Blockbuster. I had a great time. 
However, I saw them both separately because they did not release the full Grindhouse feature. So it took me a little bit longer to see all the trailers and the full presentation and whatnot. But once I did, I wound up liking the a few of the trailers more than I did the actual two features. And years and years, I, I can't remember if at the time it was kind of teased that Eli Roth wanted to make a feature of it. Anyway, this, this has been a movie long in the anticipation i guess for like horror fans and then if what was it like only a few years ago he actually announced oh we're we're making thanksgiving and it was like a surprise it was like a shock and um so i was really and i was really excited for it and uh it came out and i was really blown away by it i thought it was a great slasher movie and slasher is not the slasher is not my favorite subgenre if it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, I'm usually not a huge lover of of a, of them. But man, I mean, this movie does a ton with Thanksgiving based, you know, gags and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the slasher itself looks amazing. The John Cava get up looks so cool. <laughs> I love that it's I love its New England setting and how much it does with that cuz I, I love New England and so like um <clears throat> the world building uh, not the world building whatever. I Mark I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm like vomiting out I mean I'm I, that's what I'm about to do. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> uh just take take it away. I this movie's great. Look, all else, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I feel like I say this every time I talk about anything Grindhouse related, but that movie changed my life. You know, I I had really liked horror movies, but watching Grindhouse was what solidified it as my favorite genre. And I th- it made me the movie fan I am today. I very well might not even be here talking to you guys if not for Thanksgiving and like the, or it's thanks if not for Grindhouse and like the people I've, been led to hang out with because of uh, movies I love because of my love for Grindhouse. So I was thrilled for Thanksgiving and it maybe it's one that maybe I was just, you know, riding the excitement from opening night because I saw it opening night had a great crowd. We were losing our shit (laughs) at the opening. I even applauded at the beginning when the title was revealed after like one of the best opening sequences of the year and it just did not it delivered everything that i wanted it to deliver even if it changed some of the most iconic moments from that fake trailer it was still just a blast and a half i absolutely loved it and re, you know rewatchability factors a lot into my top 10 you know i'm not one of those people that's going to put this really devastating but powerful movie on my top 10 list because i'm probably never gonna watch it again and uh, the movies that i rewatch have more of an impact on me and i see myself rewatching thanksgiving a lot in the future i think i think it is every year the, perhaps the best <laughs> grindhouse related yeah. best grindhouse related thing we've gotten since grindhouse more than yeah. machete kills i've dogged on that enough <laughs> Oh, I think... not not on the podcast. That was before. That was before we recorded. <laughs> Listen, Machete was fun. Machete Kills was not so much fun. <laughs> but uh, at the time, I loved when Machete came out. I was like, this is great. Um, have we gotten 
what else do we still need of Grindhouse trailers we made into movies? We need either don't. Uh, we need don't. We still need don't. And <laughs> don't is my favorite. The SS. Yeah. Don't is my favorite uh, Grindhouse related thing. It's just like the aesthetic of that. Is oh, yeah, so, yeah. It's like a Legend of Hell House 60s, 70s, or 70s Italian horror movie. But with like, yeah, it's just like a, it's just like all the extreme moments and none of the weird, <laughs> boring parts. But, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, man, Thanksgiving really like, I, I did not see it with a great crowd like my two buddies did. And I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if like I buy a ticket and everybody's like, let's go to the next one. But like, <laughs> I, I so rarely get like a great crowd for movies nowadays. And it does take away a little bit. Like I would have loved to have seen this with a crowd that was applauding and cheering and like going, Oh, oh reacting really loud. To, like I was in a, like everyone in my theater was just like silent as the great, maybe they were dead, but they were like just <laughs> watching the movie with no ex- expression or emotion or reaction to anything. However, even still, I was going like, Ooh, ah, to like the kills. <laughs> I it, yeah, Eli Roth is a really talented guy when he wants to be. Uh, like this, <laughs> this just works uh-huh. in being what it tries to be. You know, like a a nasty little whodunit slasher in a way that like a few of his other movies do not succeed in. Um, however, like I'd put this up there with House with a clock in its walls. That's like my favorite Eli Roth uh, movie. That's an underrated movie, by the way. House of the Clock. Love, uh, love. Um, I always want to call it something else, but that was love the... <laughs> House of the Clock. Okay. That was that period where I felt like he was trying to do other stuff, almost like where you wouldn't know it was Eli Roth making the movie. Like he did his yeah. Death Wish movie and then that, and it's almost like he was trying to do other stuff. And I thought that, well, one that was, really he said in a few interviews where he was like, he was trying to, because he's the horror guy he's such a little cheerleader for horror like clearly the guy has a passion for it but he did spend a few years trying to get away from it and exploring other avenues and see and challenging himself to see if he could make other kinds of movies house of the clock in its walls is just an amazing gateway horror movie like it's i mean it's a kid's movie but mm-hmm. man it's got some stuff in it that you're like if i saw this as a kid i would be there's like a satanic witch or there's like a satanic little ritual in like the woods and oh, a flashback yeah. or something that i would have been like <laughs> or terrified me but i mean I, and he said in interviews like he wanted to come back and make the slasher he wanted to see as a little kid and i think he nailed it man yeah this Great is stuff. him in his Ooh. wheelhouse i feel like he's really doing like this is what he should be doing is making like the down and dirty little slasher movies and uh the, I, the opening's great. I like. I had a bad crowd too, Hayden. So I was you. I was like, just me, kind of like, kind of losing it. Where it's like, when something like that's happening, my reaction is like horror mixed with like kind of weird yeah. Where I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm also yeah. like, yeah. every kill was like, yeah. Like, how's <laughs> like, happening? Um, the opening was nuts. I was like, this is such a weird. Like, I get. I know he does that thing with tone a lot, where it's like, there's almost like goofy comedic stuff thrown in. Right. You know, a mix amongst like crazy gross horror. Um, I like Thanksgiving. I was like, so many other movies are like, I'm going to make a old school slasher movie. And I felt like Thanksgiving 
did actually a good job of that. Most of them, I yes. think, don't do a good job of that. And I thought it actually did did that. And Thanksgiving needs more movies. Let's be real. Thanksgiving, that poor holiday needs something. So I was like, cool. Like, now we have giving some love. Yeah, we have a uh, blood. Shit, what's it called? The oh, blood oh, rage. Blood, blood yeah. rage. Oh, blood Frisky. rage. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we got the dregs for Thanksgiving. Like, I mean, yeah. I, has... blood rage is fun, but if that's your flagship slasher, oh the problem poor thanksgiving it has like no songs it has hardly any movies it's got it's just nothing going on yeah all we get are people saying how it's a big lie we get it it's a big lie let's move on it's about family now we made it different oh it's a different thing now but yeah i i enjoyed thanksgiving uh not not top 10 but still enjoyed it quite a bit um yeah so So, matt you think this hmm. was a great year for movies it's looking like thanksgiving did not make you know what you're gonna come around on the end you're gonna say Quit being Ebenezer Scrooge, Hayden. This movie was great. I mean, year, year for movies was great. <laughs> great year. Uh, I look at my list I'm like maybe I was too hard on it. I don't know, but uh, but th- okay, nothing. My list too. <laughs> I feel like look back at the last year's list, especially. I'm like, oh, I would rewatch any of these anytime. That yeah. is a little bit of an issue with my list this year, where I'm like, these are some really good movies. I'm not sure how much I will rewatch them. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. but you know, we'll see. Uh, Let's find out if Matt thought this year was great. What's his number eight? Oh, it rhymed! Damn. Damn. Good job, Mark. You should host this show. <laughs> you, can do, you can do the intro. You can just do you have good rhymes, uh, good segues. Um, this may be higher. I don't know. Uh, my number eight is Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. I think you're good. Um, a movie I didn't think was going to make the list. One of the few movies I rewatched for this, because I didn't really go through and try to rewatch every single thing that was in my top 10 because yeah who has the time but i was like i was like i want to rewatch asteroid city because that one was really i was like i don't know i felt about that it was a lot it's a movie with a lot going on it's got like three different levels of what's happening like uh it's a play there's the the story in the play there's you know weird like uh it's like a rod serling thing from Brian Cranston going on. Uh, it's it's a movie that's like a lot to wrap your head around the first time you see it. I went with a friend to go see it, and I was like, I really like that. And he's like, I think I like that. <laughs> he was like, he's <laughs> like, I'm a little thrown off by it. And he loves Wes Anderson more than I do. I think I talked about this a couple years ago on the Discoveries episode where I didn't even think I was a Wes Anderson person because I'm like, he's too, it's too all you know perfect for me how he constructs everything. But I've come to appreciate him so much more over the past couple of years. And Asteroid City does feel like, I people say this, like the ultimate Wes Anderson movie. Like this is like <laughs> Wes Anderson porn for <laughs> like it. It for pretty him. much is. And, uh, but I think it works on multiple, besides just looking great. I, I watched like the behind the scenes on the, the Blu-ray and I appreciate so much more how they made this little town up when they went to Spain and like how they, created the look of this and built these backdrops and like um it's almost like a <laughs> it's almost like a looney tunes cartoon in the background but it's like it's just so i don't know it looks so cool um it's got crazy stacked cast i remember when they like th- that was like a running joke i think was oppenheimer's cast being announced and asteroid city's cast being announced and like is everyone in hollywood working on these two movies <laughs> like because it's just i can't even it's too many people to even name honestly um but like Jason Schwartzman gives like one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, and like, yeah, it's hard to even 
<laughs> describing what's going on. But yeah, just them being in the setting of this Stargazer convention, a claymation alien shows up. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> this is great. Uh, but, yeah, that that alien wasn't claymation. That was uh, played by a Wes Anderson regular. Oh, but I, I wait, because <laughs> I thought there was claymation. Then I thought there was a separate when they show the play being made. It's by somebody else. Am I thinking of the right thing? I I mean, I didn't watch the behind the scenes. Maybe the alien was claymation, but I did see uh, a certain actor in an alien suit at some point. Okay. I'm not going to say anything to spoil it, but I think it's like... A certain just... actor? How, how is that a spoiler? If you tell me the actor. He's kind of like a surprise cameo. I didn't say the actor. Well, that's what I I'm mean... saying. Why are you being so cagey about it? Just <laughs> tell me is Owen Wilson and move on. <laughs> it wasn't Owen Wilson. Shockingly, no Wilson brothers in this. I'll movie. say this, Hayden: you would not be a fan of this appearance. Oh. Wes Anderson regular, who you do not like. Hmm. But <laughs> I don't. We don't have time to make it a guessing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you. We'll tell you. Oh, like, I think I know uh, who it is. But Norton. <laughs> All right. Listen, oh. this movie is so stacked that it just throws in a bonus Margot Robbie in the final. Right. <laughs> Margot Robbie. I like Margot Robbie. She's in the alien suit. Mike Sears. <laughs> that would be that would be something. Um that uh yeah, she just shows up at the end. I'm like, what like for one of the most probably like the most emotional scene of the movie, she pops in and you're oh, like, Oh, Margot emotion. Robbie's here. Emotion <laughs> in a Wes Anderson movie? That's crazy. I do think this did a better job with it still feels like it's kind of holding you at arm's length, but I felt yeah. like it gets through better and Astro says some of his other stuff when it's, I felt a little bit of distance from the emotional stuff, but especially his early stuff, like Roll Tenenbaums, I feel like you really yeah. feel that Rush emotion, more. but it's gotten a little, but I don't know. I thought this was a good return to form on that kind of thing. Um, but he still has to layer in a bunch of other stuff, but um, you're doing a terrible job explaining what this movie, <laughs> but, but I just, I rewatched it and found it, fascinating and was picking up on things i had missed the first time and just just really enjoyed this there's just so much so much stuff going on in asteroid city and so many great people pop up and performances um it's funny it's very funny um it's i don't know i really loved it and the rewatch helped me i'm glad to rewatch it because i really wasn't sure how i felt about it until the second time i was like oh no i love this i would rewatch this multiple times not like it's gonna be like a one and done so um yeah my number eight was Asteroid City. I can't. I wish I could have articulated that better, but there it is. <laughs> I won't say much about it because it's not on my list. Uh, I think it's an honorable mention. I, I got to consult again, but I really did like it. Uh, I think I have to watch it a couple more times before it really uh, connects with me. I love Wes Anderson, and yet I also I don't get quite as excited for his new stuff as I used to. Uh, I'm not sure why, but usually when I watch it, I end up really liking it. And I do think it's probably one of his funniest movies i was laughing a lot during it mm -hmm. and uh that's thing. so he's made a lot of i mean his movies are usually good and funny i felt like i was laughing a lot more in this there's a great dynamic between uh lee of schreiber and his son where his son is constantly like asking people if they dare him to do stuff <laughs> this eventually leads to him being like chased through the frames by lee of schreiber it's that that's one mm -hmm. of the fun, biggest laughs I got this year, and it was at home. I missed it in theater, but I mean, if something can make me laugh that hard while I'm watching it at home, I, I give it credit. I really liked Asteroid City. Hey, did you see Asteroid City? I don't know if I even. <laughs> I I did not, and there's part of me that's like, <clears throat> there's part of me that 
there's the annoying part of me that gets very annoyed at like in, like anything at the drop of a hat that always makes me want to dislike Wes Anderson for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's a flaw in my character, but I actually do like how meticulous he is. I love that he has such a, he knows exactly who he is and exactly what he wants. And he gets it. Like, I love that his movies look like they are in live action animated movies and they're like mm-hmm. handmade and every single detail is exactly how he wants it. I, I really like that. Um, I just like the uh, French dispatch is like one that just didn't work for me. Cause I thought the movie itself was really, it, it was just too, too much going on. And it was really long and I, it, it, it was exhausting. Asteroid city is different. I actually really wanted to see this and I'm kind of mad that I didn't <clears throat> in time for the list. However, I know that eventually I will catch up to it because another thing that happened this year that it's infuriating that no one talked, no one cared the admission, the possible admission by the, United States government that aliens exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they really that flew under the radar. I, I don't know if you guys were yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that, but like out of the words of like some incredibly powerful people, or out of the mouths of some incredible incredibly powerful people, the words non-human biologics just came out like it was any other thing. Oh, yeah. Uh yes, some fucking rods and cones are being flown in the air by non-human biologics. Yeah, another Hayden rant. That's how crazy the past couple years have been that they announce aliens exist. Everyone's like, eh. And, and the reaction <laughs> is either dismissal or memes. And that is it. I hate, I hate this world. Anyway, um, so oh. Wes Anderson doing Wes Anderson doing an alien movie sounds really interesting because it sounds very different from like everything else he's done. And uh the trailers. Uh, looked fun and I like that Bill Murray was replaced by Tom Hanks so I should have I think it and I, did. I actually think wait I thought I heard it was Steve, Steve Carell replaced him and maybe I'm wrong maybe you're oh, right oh was it because I'm a, well, the, I'm imagining Bill Murray in the Tom Hanks part and that makes more sense to me than him in the Steve Carell part okay but maybe, I didn't even know Steve Carell was in this I'm just I, glad Bill, Bill I mean look Bill Murray could have done the Tom Hanks part like that's definitely a role I've seen him play for Wes Anderson before but I don't the, know who he actually Bill Murray is best when he's a clerk that you see for two seconds in Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, well, that would be the part of Steve Crow because he's a hotel Bill, clerk. <laughs> Bill Murray is his worst when he's in his house with his wife. Sorry, Matt, you may want to remove that. I, I There's no way I'm going to find it in the end. <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, but Astrid, I, I think I appreciate Wes Anderson more and stuff like Astro City because like like I feel like we're like looking, maybe just not just me, but like we're looking for like directors with really strong voices and like things to say because like they get swallowed up by like big studio machines or they end up doing superhero movies <laughs> and like yeah. it doesn't even matter, right? But like he is so distinct, like you can tell from frame one, it's a Wes Anderson movie. Um, and so I appreciate how much care he puts into his stuff, even if yeah. he's almost to be like off putting, like oh come on. But now I'm like I appreciate the craft so much more of him what he's doing 
And mm. I'm like, yeah, do your weird little thing, guy. Like, you thank, thank you for trying. Like, thank you for trying yeah. so hard, you know. I love it when people know exactly who they are. That, like, yeah. that confidence that comes with, like, there's not a door I have not opened and thoroughly, like, gone through and, and cat- you, know, you know, like, I know, I know myself. And, like, Wes Anderson is one of those, is, is like that as a filmmaker. I really like that. Yeah. I also I don't want to play the alien up too much. Like it's a huge part of the story. <laughs> like, but he is the I don't want to get your hopes up, but there is alien stuff, but there's a lot of other stuff going on too. But I think you would like it. Yeah. Because yeah. I just yeah, I think you'd enjoy it, especially just for how good it looks. But um yeah, number eight's Asteroid City. So now we're on Hayden's number seven. <laughs> my number seven. Um my number seven. Great movie. However, you're gonna want a butt pillow because it's oh like it's like mm. a week long. We're gonna. T- I would think we're gonna be doing some tabling here. We might be. I'm so curious. Week long. Oh, y'all. We're gonna do some tabling because <laughs> my number seven is. Uh, oh damn it! Oh fuck! I should have said. Can you spot the wolves? In this ah. Picture? That's my number seven. Is, okay, is, we're gonna. Uh, now, my my number seven is yeah. Okay, we're gonna table it. All right, Killers okay. of Flower Moon is what you're. Yeah, we're gonna Are table. We Sorry, I'm sleep for... I'm sleep deprived. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think we're gonna be tabling my number seven as well because if I am correct, uh, my number seven also has aliens in it, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, we're gonna table it for a little bit. <laughs> All was, right. So that was a quick. Okay, back to my number seven. I think we're gonna table this one too. Actually, Mark's okay. number seven is the one superhero movie I thought the, the only one that I thought might end up on someone's list. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it kind of seemed like it was the the high point of the year for. There's one other movie that I think people would think of, but uh, I don't want to say Flash, <laughs> Aquaman two, uh, which I still the Marvels. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we're going to table this. I'm almost positive because I tried to listen. I tried to avoid looking at your guys's letterbox ratings for anything mm-hmm. that I have my list. But I some I spoiled this for myself. So I think this is higher. My number seven is the holdovers. You, uh, Mark, I don't know. You want to table it? I mean, I think you probably want to table it. I okay. personally, I don't need to. You fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, well, hey, all right. Well, then, it. yeah, table it. I wanted to do a joke where it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, table that. <laughs> it's a very fast number seven. Okay, so now we're already back. I want to let Mark have time to write too. Um, he's keeping track of these. <laughs> uh, number six, Hayden, what's your number six? I'm all seven. I don't, six. <laughs> I don't think there's any furniture needed here. I don't think okay. we're gonna need a table, don't think we're <laughs> gonna need a chair, don't think we're gonna need anything. My number six. It's a little biopic, another long one. Oh boy, called, okay. Na- called Napoleon. Ah, okay. Uh, I think we're good there. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> I figured uh, <laughs> a movie that got two and a halfs from a lot of my friends <laughs> and some three uh, and, and halfs. Was, Listen, <laughs> yeah, and was uh, widely dismissed, quickly forgot about, somehow made more money than I thought it was going to make. Um, look. Ridley Scott is will go down as 
having made some of the greatest movies in history. However, his movies like like Ridley the Ridley Scott who makes incredibly nihilistic movies is my, my favorite. And, and I am not a nihilist, but I he is that is my favorite Ridley. Like my favorite Ridley movies are Alien Covenant, The Last Duel, and I'm not going to say Napoleon is like my favorite Ridley Scott movie. However, this movie is exactly what I want from him. It's it's really long. It's really bloated. Um, <clears throat> it is historically inaccurate. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> this is the story the movie is telling. And while I'm sure like a historically accurate depiction of Napoleon in his life would also be great. Very interesting historical figure. What we got was, I think, a wildly entertaining version of this guy's life. Kissing mummies, dude. Like shooting pyramids (laughs) with cannon. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Like crawling on the ground like a little weirdo, making weird noises and stomping his foot like a horse. Um, Screaming about pork chops. Yes. Oh, my God. This movie is one of the most... Inner like a, a like the whole time I was just thinking, are you not entertained? Like that that's what was going on in my head. Like just the Maximus quote. And I love that at the end of the day, what this movie is about when it comes to Napoleon himself is like you could literally be Napoleon Bonaparte, and your country will still treat you like Napoleon Bonaparte. like the like they treat napoleon bonaparte yeah because they don't really care about you and like the the viscera of the violence in this movie is great yeah um the the beheadings at the very beginning i was not expecting it to go like grand guignol like that but then i was like wait this guy made alien covenant of course it will and so like (laughs) so man i don't begrudge anyone for not putting this on their list. It was not what people wanted. However, it's it's a movie made up of moments that I just will think about for a long time. I love that this is a movie where Napoleon's riding into battle, leading the charge in every in you know every battle. And whenever you see these things, you're always like, well, why don't they just shoot that guy? And this movie, unlike so yeah. many others, includes the part where a sniper is trained on his head and they're like, ah, do you want me to kill Napoleon? And they're like, of course you cannot. You know, that that, that is against the rules of war, you know, like, because <laughs> like, if, if, if you were, I mean, you know, if you were to kill the leader, you would, you would be executed because it's just it's just not proper to kill you know the the general of the opposing army it's like Mm -hmm. like that i love that kind of hypocrisy when it comes to like that hypocrisy being shown this movie is full of little details like that i i was just entertained from beginning to end i did not find this movie boring despite its length um so i know it's not on y'all's list but what did y'all think of it because i know y'all both saw it i think mark do you want to go first I mean, I don't have much to say I because I haven't finalized my thoughts. I'm just waiting to see the longer version when it's eventually released because <laughs> movie feels like spark notes of a bigger story. 
That's all I get. I, that's I kind of feel like. Yeah, I like I like watching it. A lot of good stuff, but I feel like I can't properly judge it. I kind of feel like exactly how Mark just said. <laughs> like I was watching it, and I hate that I know there's a four hour cut coming, like Apple TV. Like well, I we don't I know did... if it's coming. Oh, I thought it was like confirmed it was happening. Uh, they said it exists. They didn't. Okay, say okay. I thought... uh, to my knowledge, they didn't say they were releasing. It. Okay, I thought it was like confirmed, confirmed. But in the back of my mind, all I could think is there's a longer cut of this movie that exists, and he cut this down yeah. to like the big beats and so it feels there's some great moments like and you named a bunch of the great moments where i was you were saying stuff like oh this is fun but it's so it feels to me kind of kind of scattershot or it's just very it doesn't feel cohesive to me but doesn't make it less fun and i mean Mm -hmm. joaquin phoenix is his performance as a pulley and is great um josephine played by vanessa kirby vanessa kirby oh vanessa kirby their stuff is really fun She'll together later on this list oh yeah <laughs> she uh that stuff's really fun between the two of them i you know i just i said he's the kiss and mummy thing i almost forgot about that um just a freaking mummy dude it's amazing i know i loved ridley scott's press tour for this almost probably more than the movie where he was just like fuck, fuck off fuck <laughs> off yeah like, <laughs> he uh they're like did he shoot the pyramids he's like listen i just want to show he went to egypt and did some stuff and got out really quick like i don't know if he shot the pyramid. yeah like, what do you want him to what, what do you want you don't want him to shoot a pyramid with a cannonball what the hell it's fun like we're just you know they people it's gotten bad the past i don't know for a while now people want movies to be like 100 historically accurate based on any kind of factual event and it's like that's not what movies need to do Lindsay. Lindsay said something sorry Lindsay of the schlock and awe podcast for (laughs) for any new listeners Lindsay of the schlock and awe podcast said something that was it really stuck with me. It was, it was great. She said, do not come to movies for a history lesson. Read right. books for that. Like, I mean, like that is, <laughs> that is the most, like a nonfiction book or a documentary. Right. Is something that you should go to for like a history lesson. Right. Cause we've got plenty of those on Napoleon. We've got tons of books. I'm sure there's tons People of documentaries. People are lazy though. They, they're like, they're like be entertaining but also tell me things exactly how they happened, which is <laughs> antithetical. There's there's a movie that I don't think is going to appear on anybody's list. So I'm going to mention it uh, that got accused of this. And I think they missed the point completely. The Iron Claw, which took a lot oh, of did, oh, yeah, with the real story, but it was for like dramatic intention. Right. And it had to fit a two hour ish movie. And this right. story would have gone on for way too long and been even sadder than it already was if they'd included every single beat like people get mad when we take dramatic license like movies like this and they don't claim to be a documentary like yeah. should be allowed to take dramatic license and people shouldn't be mad that it's not 100 percent accurate we have the internet yeah. go google it if you want but like yeah um yeah so anyway sorry for that little side rant but i like napoleon i would like to watch it again i hope their longer cut does come out um it just felt kind of incomplete to me as it was and i i just felt like there was stuff that was i don't know i it just felt a little all over the place i had a good time also my theater was weirdly packed like from day one i think it was thanksgiving day weekend i think it came out mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. were like i looked at the, i was shocked i was like okay oh, to uh, seats to this easy i open up the app and i'm like oh this is like sold out i don't want to go to the show <laughs> I <have> to, <laughs> like i couldn't believe it and it was like my local theater is very much like casual crowd it is an older crowd and i think an older crowd probably was like oh napoleon cool i'll go to that and then (laughs) got exposed to crazy (laughs) violence (laughs) crazy violence and incredibly weird sex like (laughs) 
yeah uh, like awkward. very off-putting because that's my favorite part about it is like ridley like ha- like despise he's a misanthrope he despises yeah. <laughs> humanity and like i i enjoy that about it while i do not share his sentiment i enjoy that about him and i love seeing that on the screen like our buddy me and mark's buddy who's upstairs right now because he doesn't want to interrupt us he was like i don't know what i was supposed to feel about that movie and it's like he was like i left like i left the movie and i wasn't sure how i was supposed to feel and nothing against him or that reaction i mean that's movies are supposed to make you feel something and like you know, I'm just not a little baby who needs a spoon fed to me. No, I'm joking. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> I just think like this movie is not as complicated as some people make it out to be. The movie hates you. It hates uh, people. It ha- and, and like the the idea get it, it gets at is like you can you can come up with these ideas like honor and pride in your like nation and your country but those institutions do not care about you. You can devote your entire life to, um, you know, conquering the world for it. And if you fuck up, they're like, all right, get him the fuck out. Make him go to an island. I don't care. <laughs> Send you to an island. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that that's the whole movie. It's like, it, it's an incredibly, incredibly cynical movie. Now, I think The Last Duel is, is a is a much better like the last duel is an amazing movie and it it um captures a cynical modern view of history better than this does because this movie is messy and it does feel a little choppy a little chopped up but man in terms of like entertainment value very few big movies entertain me the way napoleon did this year okay Mark, do you have anything else you want to say? I feel like that was just us talking for a while. There. Uh, I I don't really have anything to add. You know, my thoughts, I feel, are pretty concise on that. I will say Hayden loves cynical Ridley so much that he hasn't even bothered to see The Martian, which is Ridley's most popular movie oh, of the yeah. past 10 years. Uh, I, I, will I find watch that amusing. It. Well, I, I will watch The Martian. However, I hate the I fucking love science-ness that I got from the the trailers of it not that i not that i hate science i don't hate science but (laughs) i I love that i love that there were so many (laughs) no i just i hate that there were so many lines in the trailer like fuck yeah math and i'm like shut up you're like the most annoying teacher you would hate i don't know if this was in the trailer but like one of the lines i think everyone talks about is like i think i think mark can correct me i'm gonna science the shit out science the shit out of this i hate that i hate that (laughs) this is marvel (laughs) get out of here Anyway, we don't need to go on a Martian tangent. I just always find that fact amusing. All right. Well, then in that case, I guess it's Mark, it's your turn at number six. It's my turn, number six. All right. Uh, For my number six, you are going to want to put on your reading glasses because you're going to have to uh, indulge in subtitles. Oh, okay. We're going to have to go overseas to the land of Japan. Oh, okay. Okay. And we're going to have to deal with some fictional disasters. That might be metaphors for real life disasters. And we are going to be talking about the film Suzume. Oh, wait. I know what you <laughs> you thought that I was going to be, mention another film, uh-huh. but I'm proud of you for not just immediately jumping in and assuming. Yeah, I was going to feel bad if I let you say all that and go table it, Mark, but I'm glad that was. You feel 
foolish. So, uh, <laughs> Suzume, brief, uh, brief uh, footnote. This is the year I kind of got back into anime, a form of media I ate up as a kid and slowly kind of fell out of love with over the years. And then earlier this year, I saw the movie Bell that kind of reignited my love of it. And I've consumed quite a bit. Now, I did not see the new Miyazaki film, The Boy and the Heron, which very well could have made this list. But very good. Very good. I did see uh, probably Makoto Shinkai, probably the next big anime director these days behind Miyazaki, uh, responsible for Weathering for You and Your Name, which I feel like is the big non-Miyazaki anime film of the past decade. His new movie, Suzume, came out in the United States earlier this year. And uh, I know Hayden's pretending to be asleep right now. <laughs> yeah, Hayden thought I wasn't going to catch catching up, up on, on some winks. Catching up on some Suzies. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I won't talk about it for long. Hayden, I knew this was going to be the pick he had a problem with, especially when uh, he realizes movies that have been bumped off for it. But I mean, I just thought this was such a beautiful movie. Little drawings. It's, I mean, come on. No, it's, fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's funny. Uh, it. I don't always get this feeling when I watch animated films, but it really benefited from seeing on a big screen. It really is just a massive film. So I think you guys aren't as... I feel like we've all been pretty familiar with the movies that are on our list. I imagine you guys aren't too familiar with Suzume. Just brief plot summary uh, about a girl named Suzume who kind of accidentally unleashes this uh it's anime so the plot's weird as hell this uh <laughs> kind of god or demon from another world that's a giant uh worm and if it lands on the earth uh before it gets locked away it's going to cause uh massive earthquakes and she is let it out and the whole movie is this kind of road trip with her and uh, the guy, the guardian who's responsible for keeping this thing at bay, traveling across Japan, trying to lock this thing away. Only problem is he, the current uh, guardian who's uh, keeping this thing at bay, has turned him into a three-legged chair. <laughs> so she's journeying across Japan with this uh, three-legged chair, trying to find a talking cat. That they can uh, place in front of the uh, gateway again, so they can keep it at bay. And it's not so—it's not a disaster movie so much as it is a movie about averting disasters. On top of being a love story, a coming of age story, a road trip movie, I just think it's delightful and makes you want to sing at the end. Um. That's about all I got on Susan May. You know, y'all haven't seen it, so I don't want to talk too much. I don't think y'all have anything to say, but I thought this movie was delightful and definitely going to be re revisiting it quite a bit. Also, you don't actually have to read the subtitles. You can go with the dub if you want. I've watched both versions. I actually think it's got a pretty good dub. So yeah, that yeah, Suzume, my number six. I when you mentioned it, I was like, how do I even spell Suzume? But it's actually like it sounds, S-U-Z-U-M-E. Uh, exactly like it sounds. I I've seen this poster. I forgot the name of the movie. I think it came out on one of those like limited screening things to do for some animes. I've noticed in my theater mm -hmm. where they'll like 
almost like a special engagement the, or something. This was I, this was actually treated like an actual oh. release. Like it kind of got pushed a nationwide push. Had m- multiple showings a day, every day of the week. I mean, I got to see it uh, down in Corpus Christi, like almost a month after it came out. When when did it come out? I don't remember. Um, like March or April. Okay, so it was early in the year. So yeah, I do nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> like I. I have been getting more into Miyazaki movies the past year or so, uh, kind of thanks to, I'll give a shout out to Keith Rich. I think he kind of helped kind of guide me along on some of those. I really enjoyed those. I feel like I'm more open to trying some other anime movies. I just haven't watched much of them, but um, he's more sounds... like Miyazaki, like with a focus on teenagers, you know, Miyazaki usually focuses on uh, young children. Yeah, uh, usually yeah. his movies are centered on uh, teens and young adults. Kind of dealing with similar issues, though. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very interesting because I was like, when the three-legged chair part, I was like, well, I've never heard that before in a movie. Oh. So, uh, okay. Very funny. Glad you liked it. I was laughing. I was laughing Hayden just being able to sleep for half of that. Yeah, I got what he was doing. <laughs> I'm not going to hear the end of this one, but I don't care. Whatever. Just thinking about one movie that might, I think you might be doing a little joke, but I, I do. I also think you might be really, I think you might be being sincere. One movie that is probably not going to make your list. Oh, no. I'm thinking about <laughs> like the ones at the bottom that did. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you just have to learn to live with uh, Hayden's judgment if you want to be friends with him. It's just something you're not going to be able to <laughs> so avoid. I'm, ju- I'm just like, I'm, I'm baffled. Okay. All right. I'm curious when we get there. Guy, guy puts Napoleon on his list. I didn't say a single thing. And here I am on the receiving end of all you this. Say, you did say. You said it with your eyes. I could see it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number's six. So I was like, I'll get us out of here. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you guys saw my number six. Uh, I didn't expect to see my number six, but I was a friend was going. I was like, I'll tag along. Another huge surprise. Um, poor things. Ah, uh, you are gonna want to table that. Okay, okay. Um, so then we're back around to Hayden back number to Hayden. five. Uh, number five. We're still in the country of Japan, I assume. Uh, Godzilla minus one. Oh, you want to table that? Okay. <laughs> I'll get my carpentry tools out. Build a little table. We build a lot I'll of tables on this. Build a giant table and put that big old lizard right on top. <laughs> that big old lizard on that table. <laughs> Uh, okay, that was quick. Uh, Mark, we're, uh, that back to you already. <laughs> number five, uh, I think might have to do some more tabling because uh, my number five is Killers of the Flower Moon. You won't have to table it long. <laughs> but well, that's, we are what, gonna t- that's what you said for the last one I tabled. Well, this, speaking of that, we're going to get back to your number seven, I think it was. That's correct. Which is my number five, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Ooh. Volume 3. Yeah. You're going to want to table that. Oh, we're t- Wow, no, wait. No, I'm, oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> like Hayden's gonna rank a superhero movie above me. Hey, it got close. It got close. It got close. Okay. I really did like this one. I feel like there were things in this that could you could get into. Like this <laughs> like oh, I I no joke. I, I was loving a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Now we can talk about it. So uh number five. Mm. So it I yeah, me and Daniel did a whole episode on this ep- when it came out. We don't do a lot in the well, show, we do a lot of one new. of the few movies he new movies he did an episode on. I know, I know. We don't do that very much, but uh and yet you didn't make one for Blue Beetle. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> see it till it came on HBO Max. You watched it? 
I, yeah, it was really good. Anthony you know, King one, liked it, and you know he doesn't like superhero movies, and he liked it. One of the two guys, okay. <laughs> hey, it got a lot of people watch on Max and were like, "Oh mm. shit, I wish I saw this in a theater." Which I did the same thing too. I was like, "Oh man, I should see this in the theater." I feel bad. Um, yeah. But Guardians of Galaxy Volume Three, I think, is the best superhero movie of the year. Which I we just talked about how low a bar that is, but in any year, it'd be the best one. It's the thing that astounds me about those Guardians movies is how much James Gunn still had a hold and got his voice across in the Marvel machine because almost everybody else kind of had that beaten out of them. It seems like, <laughs> like it, it was hard to feel like you were hearing the director's voice and he's the writer director. And a lot of probably were written and directed by the same person, but um, how much that got through and volume three was maybe even weirder than the other ones. And, very sad. My God. The, the, some of the things that happen uh, are just... I had people in the theater who were like uh, losing it. Like, I think they were just really having a hard time. The like they were seeing the Mona Lisa. Just what, <laughs> <laughs> like. Not the oh, God, the stuff... The rocket subplot is devastating. I was... Oh I just God. could not... It's <laughs> brutal. Poor, Absolutely that brutal. That poor little half bunny, half... Um, wheelchair. <laughs> Poor thing. It's got, I thought it had great visuals, very colorful. That whole sequence where they're like on some planet, all in the different colored. That's the, that's spaces. the best. That's the so, best. One of the best things I've ever seen. It looks so great. Um, so for as much like sadness as there still is in Guardians, there's this very hopeful kind of note near the end where he leaves the characters i won't spoil everything but i was kind of happy that it went there and didn't go a different direction which i was before before going to guardians 3 i think a lot of people were almost like placing bets on like who was gonna die <laughs> and i that was not it's a very me. morbid lead up yes it was very morbid it was i like, mean who? that's that's the james gunn thing i mean after guardians 2 it's like that's his thing the emotional death and you almost if it's the end of a trilogy you're almost certain that he's gonna go yeah, out after y'all's boy after y'all's guy poke it up boy you know like it's all about the emotional death and oh not yeah. making not making oh. a joke but i was he did he in three he like sides he i won't spoil it, but he did something different than i expected and i appreciated what he did because yeah. I felt like you needed that note. Well, look, five yeah. second spoiler alert. Are you simply talking about the fact that he didn't kill off any of the characters? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's uh, because I really, I mean, I could have sworn somebody he, he even teases uh one near the very end where you're like, oh, well, shit, and then it doesn't happen. But um, because I'm like, we've been through enough. Just let us have some joy. And um, it just, I, you know, I love the whole idea of like they they've made this makeshift family the guardians of these misfit family, which also people point out, it's like a theme this year. People like making families out of kind of, yeah. you know, non-traditional families. And yeah, um, great theme. It's been in some great movies that might not appear on Mark's list. <laughs> oh no. I'm going to kill you later. Oh, so what's going to happen. You're in the hey. same place too. A fight could break out on the podcast. <laughs> and, and Sorry. Like, I'm going to parody you later, Mark. Oh boy. Uh, but I, <laughs> you may want to edit that out, Matt. Some people, <laughs> My mom's going to listen to this. She doesn't take jokes like that well. It's not a joke. It's a promise, as my students it's all, say. It's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love Guardians 3. I thought it just hit all the right notes, and it was it was great. Uh, so, Mark, it was your number. <laughs> Matt, seven. I'm sorry if we derailed you. <laughs> I was pretty much done. Um, I just don't want you two to fight, please. It was like, <laughs> you're in the that same is, house. 
<laughs> yeah, there's going to be bloodshed when this recording's over. But oh boy. On the bright side, I might get to force Hayden to watch some anime today if he doesn't play his cards right. Hey, I was thinking about what I could make you watch. Hey, anyway, Hayden, Hayden's let's, shown me let's three not, movies. Let's not we're... talk about <laughs> anime. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I don't have much to say. Matt voiced my thoughts perfectly. I just thought it was... Uh, delightful one of the few recent mcu success stories a delightful cap off to maybe their most popular franchise outside of the avengers Mm -hmm. just a great team up movie where like every character gets their moments i wanted to re-watch it before the episode because i refreshed my memory on it but you know just a blast and a half is a phrase i keep throwing out there for some reason i'm not even sure where i picked it up i like it i don't know i think it might be Uh, i don't know (laughs) but i I mean use the term crackerjack motion oh that's a good one (laughs) for all of his annoyances james gunn is a very good filmmaker and i don't know why i ever doubted that he wouldn't pull anything off here he did a great job yeah, and he's handed. I was thinking that stuff he's like handed with Gamora because he was not involved with the stuff that happened with her in the Avengers movies. He handles that really well, and that was like oh, handed beautiful. off to him. Like, um, it's like here, go ahead, deal with this now. And it's like, well, shit, okay. And he, he does a good job with that. I mean, it just does a good job of like just really sad, depressing things, and then the ending like montage is so like. How did uplifting. she come back? By the way. Uh, that was time. a uh, another reality. That's your multiverse thing that you love so much. So they brought her from another multiverse into this one. I thought it was yeah. In was time Endgame, travel. She came this in because <laughs> no, in Endgame they brought her in from. Uh, maybe I mean maybe it was time travel, but they brought her. Yeah, they brought her in from time travel. In essence, another reality in Endgame to help fight Thanos, and then. Well, the- but they just kept her. I thought everybody from that went back. Listen, we don't have time to get into this. I will <laughs> happily really rewatch all these movies and write yeah. a dissertation on it. But it's a simple question that's integral to the plot of the movie. We're talking it's about. not. Just, it's not the Gamora that was like had fallen in love with Peter Quill. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I would, I would get into it, but I feel like it'll be like we get too much time. But, um, <clears> I, I just fear so much... it doesn't yeah. make sense. But keep going. Yeah. I... <laughs> well you know there's, there's, I, yeah all right i know i won't say it. we'll go there's so we'll much more i feel like i want to say but i remember i did a whole episode on with daniel so if people can listen to that they want to hear more on guardians 3 because i feel like we covered it pretty thoroughly i'm sure but um and it was fresher then um <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's great i you know following the same characters through uh, a trilogy and having the same creator carry that maybe there should be some lessons learned for future uh superhero movies i'm just saying yeah. but um but yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm being I'm I'm being condescending about the movie because it's funny. But I genuinely did like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I <clears throat> I thought the scene where they're on the organic planet is like one of the best things I've seen. In oh, the that was so time. good. Oh, so good. Nathan that, Fillion <clears throat> talking about his kid. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was hilarious. It was really moving. I I I loved the emotional stuff between peter like i mean i I don't really care about the cgi animals and stuff it's just like i i know a lot of people do and that was like the emotional core for a lot of people who saw this movie i loved the uh uh, chris pratt what's his character's name peter quill yeah i loved his stuff with gamora i because i love love stories and the very 
interesting kind of, you know, kind of wrench to throw into a love story. And um, the way they went about it was uh, really compelling to me. I thought the ending was, it, it got to me, I, te- I teared up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, this is a really, it was a really good movie. Now, whether it was worth the, like, I don't, I don't care about Marvel, but it can be debated whether it was worth like going through the last few years with all these movies they've done since the, since Endgame, whether it was worth completely destroying their entire empire and like <laughs> their <laughs> legacy. I don't know if it was worth it, but like <clears throat> Endgame happened and I really enjoyed Endgame and it felt like, like another movie that's going to appear later on this list felt like a door closing all right all right that's enough that's enough it, it was good it was good it was great and then like they they announced oh, oh. we're just getting started we got so much tv to show you guys and then like the tv it, really bogged them down over the past few oh, years not <laughs> great look we, so, uh, like, we don't need to get into the well, right, right, we don't need to go I'm, on that tangent yeah yeah i'm just saying like they had a they had a door closing moment and then they kept going. They did not know when to hang it up, and worse because I love sequels to to anything. I love the idea of sequels. I love taking a story elsewhere, but worse than not closing the door to me is they had no idea what they would do next, and so it's just been fucking around for a few years. Right. And <laughs> however, I mean, like this that felt, and y'all said this on your episode, I think. That felt like another door closing. Like, <clears throat> if that was the big ending in game, this would be a lovely epilogue. And it's certainly going to be the last one of these things that I see. And it, it felt good. Like, I'm out. Was, yeah, I, I was like, very clean. All right. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, look, we, we closed that door. Why don't we open another door to Hayden's number four? Oh man, God, perfect. you're good at this because you're... my number four is is a is a door of a certain color. A well, it's it's door. No, I'm joking. Um, oh no. no, no, no. Now oh. that came very close to being my number. Oh, I forgot 10. about that. Came <laughs> very that, that came very close to being my number ten. And if Mark went again and he did cheat again, that would have been tied for my. my that would have gotten <laughs> a Suzume reaction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I spared you from it. Anyway, and my number four might be tabled, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be tabled for very long. But my number four has already been brought up on this podcast. It's already been tabled. Um and for my money, the best action movie of the year. It's a shame that it got fucked over by Oof. I don't know, it just seemed to get fucked over. By the but, studio, I think mistimed the release, but yeah, I know where you're going. Oh, uh, was that what it was? They put well, yeah. I think they should have put it out either hey, hey, earlier hey, than they did. Can we stop talking about a movie that we're going to table? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part Tabled. One. Table, part table. I, I just, just want to repeat: Part, part One. one. <laughs> Dead Reckoning, Part One. I don't know what they're gonna. For some reason, they came out and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna name this sequel something different." Yeah. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> All right. I mean, I guess you can just drop the part one from the future releases, but just, you know, I, the, the, I think they take the wrong lessons here. Oh, Mission the movie Impossible. Didn't, oh, always. The, the movie didn't it's do al- that it's well. Always the oh, wrong, it's why. always the wrong lesson. Because the title was part one. No, that wasn't. It's like, anyway. Yeah, it's always so, the wrong lesson. Yeah, yeah. Always. All right. Okay. We're going to no, take it, anyway. More like part fun. Okay. <laughs> There you go. I all think right. we are at the port now where all the tabling is kind of coming home it's to roost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's coming, ta- all the tables are coming home to roost. Tables it's, are coming home. Number four, it has to. But you know what? Not quite yet. I have a feeling if I know my friend well, he's upset that I excluded one movie from this list and included some anime, but I think I might earn him back here. I'm not uh, upset. Even if, I'm just let like, me finish. I'm just like baffled. Okay. Oh. We are going to have to table it, I imagine, if I know my friend that well. Uh, but my number four is A Haunting in Venice. Oh, I forgot oh. that came out this year. No, go ahead and talk about it. Hey, it. nice try. <laughs> oh. Okay, but we're tabling that, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to require, unlike the chair from that little drawing movie Mark was talking about, it's going to require four legs and a flat surface to table. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I guess we're back to my number four. This is we're very fast. This is probably the fastest top 10 we've ever done at this rate. So, what are we at right now? We're we are at like two hours. If, Whoa. If, if that, because. All right, we, guys, we got to slow this way down. <laughs> I imagine we'll have to because we're all going to start talking about the same movies coming up here soon. But okay, I, like, I, I feel like I've done a good job streamlining my thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, the job, thing, boys. if you want to uh, keep this, I think it was in Mark's master plan to keep me up till two thirty <laughs> so that I'm sleep deprived and I, and I cannot make good words. Happen. Uh, I mean, I can't. Like I, got plenty, I got like plenty of now. sleep. Uh, it's still early though. <laughs> um, okay, Matt, this... I got plenty of sleep. <laughs> And I still feel tired. What's what's wrong? And I had coffee, but I still feel like I think I'm warm enough now. I couldn't describe hey, asteroids. Time TV. is not free, Matt. Guys, let's, number three, Matt. Let's, let's restart. Wait, I'm on number four. Although number oh, four already. Oh came man, up. I fucked it up, man. I know it's okay. It was a good run. Number four already. But guys, came let's up, restart. Let's restart. But it may come up again because it's only tabled once. Okay, number mm-hmm. four is Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, no, it has been tabled twice, so we can talk about oh, it. I didn't we can talk okay. about number four. The flower man. Uh, I'm glad you're seeing about these murders. So you want bad? What are you doing? That, that Mark sent that. That okay. <laughs> we can't go into memes right now. We got. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to spot some memes I mean, and some pictures and uh, talk about killers. That was a whole. That was a whole meme this year. <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, well. It's a lot. Matt, you've got it the highest. So why don't you start talking? I, about I'm it? actually surprised to have it the highest. I really thought this would be a possible top three for me both you guys but i think well, especially the thing. hated there yeah. were there were two three and a half hour napoleon went that long but it felt like it there were two <laughs> three and a half hour historical movies one of them was very entertaining that's all i'll say right this I, okay <laughs> this is gonna sound funny for a guy with this number four i almost don't know if killers the flower moon is even this meant to entertain <laughs> no it's i mean it's, it's not i i don't mean that in a bad no, i do not I, mean that in a bad way i feel bad uh, where were the jokes <laughs> I, I mean all right look oh uh, where it, were the it, yucks but I, I not, marty hang it up yeah <laughs> it is God. not meant to entertain but you know what there are some very funny moments in this movie because marty 
is very good. Marty, like He's I know him. Guy. You guys are good friends, right? Is very good at portraying dumb criminals. And this yes. movie is full of dumb criminals doing very horrible things. That, but the dumb ways sometimes that they go about them is entertaining to watch. That again, to quote our buddy, or to misquote our buddy Houston, like upstairs, he was like, "It makes you realize that everyone in the past was a complete idiot." It's just like it's so, <laughs> it's so obvious uh, what is happening. It's I, so yeah. obvious. It's. This so yeah, a movie. I have this whole thing about like, oh, my top ten. It's got to be a really great movie, and I want to rewatch it. I would think I would not want to rewatch Killer Moons, but I I have rewanted or I have wanted to rewatch it since it came out in the theater because I want to see it again because I feel like there's probably stuff I missed or stuff I didn't pick up on or like um just to enjoy the performances again because like talked about. Uh, what I talked about earlier, May December having three great performances. I think this has three amazing performances from Lady Gladstone and DiCaprio and De Niro. And oh, yeah. like they're and, everyone else is wonderful too. I mean, yeah, and everybody else is wonderful too. But I, I was just like those being kind of like the leads of the movie. But I mean, the movie just it's like you sit with <laughs> this this horrible thing that happened, and I feel like he's not glamorizing it really at all. Uh, which I think is important because I think that could happen a lot. I mean, I talked about this, I think Preston a while back about like how Scorsese is kind of with violence recently. He's kind of pulled back on how he even shoots it. Like there's a, there's a shooting earlier in the movie. And it's so like, it's almost, it's so, what's the word? Sterile. Sterile. Yeah. And like, you know, you just sit there and you're like, Oh God, like you just watch all this horrible things happen to these people. And Lily Gladstone's like the, she's sitting in the center of it as like her whole family dies. And it is the saddest, like most painful thing. And I feel like you feel her pain and it just, be, it gets worse and worse and worse. And like, I, this is a movie too, that I saw more walkouts of Killers of Flower Moon than anything <laughs> this whole year. And that could be attributed to, I went to a kind of late ish show at my local theater again, which is usually like a more casual crowd. And it was a lot of older people and it, as the movie went on and on and on, people just kept leaving and leaving and leaving. And all uh -huh. it was getting late or they just were like, I can't take this anymore. Um, yeah. Because you do just like you have to sit with it. And it's it's rough. Literally. It's, yeah, you, <laughs> you really have to. Your back and starts hurting. Your ass awful... falls asleep. <laughs> and you got to like... hold it. You got to you feel like you got to hold in your pee. But you're like, look, am, am I going to? Am I gonna miss like yeah, a I couldn't I couldn't leave. Am I, I gonna miss one of the killings of these flower moons if I get up and pee right now? For the three and a half hours, like I didn't I didn't move. And uh I the I think the ending is brilliant. I I that is a little I think it's a little maybe Oh the, the ending is just like it's <laughs> just mm. chef's kiss. Mm. Like what Scorsese does with the ending, I was completely what literally thrown. what literally scorsese what literally he does i was like bringing in larry fessenden like that is what we're referring oh to. yeah yeah of no, course yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i was uh i was thrown off in such a great way because i did not expect that to come out and be the no i don't really know what it means but it's fantastic like, I, I, I don't know why it's that person doing it but it's wonderful i have a theory i think me and preston maybe talked about it that it's <laughs> i don't i don't know if i want to say it on the on the on the mic but i'll tell you guys afterwards i have a whole okay. theory but i think i think i think what he's getting at but um uh yeah i don't know the opening's amazing the score is great I, it's just so well made like i've just like 
Scorsese still got it. I love it. He, I, you know, I don't know what else to say. I think it's one of the best movies I saw. You're clearly December four, but it's like I just it's an amazing. Movie. I could not deny how good a movie it was, even if like it is a tough watch. I don't know how much I will rewatch. I do want to rewatch it, but I'm not going to be like, hey, we throw on Killers of the Flower Moon like to a party of people or something. But um, it's an amazing movie. It's super well made. From Let's top throw to it on. Hey guys, get ready. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh man, baby, come sadness. on. Sadness. Uh, but anyway, so okay. Whoever wants to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, please go for it. You said like the horrors of what happens to Lee Gladstone, and like it, man, it is made all the more like emotionally gut-wrenching because leo this was like a point of conversation and i guess it was inevitable leonardo caprio's character does love her he's just like that stupid and that evil that he does not realize like no empathy just he does love his Mm -hmm. wife but he's like i mean love my wife getting some money out of this great like and, and that's what's so chilling about the movie is like he he loved her but he uh, he still did not see her as a person with like a right. wife family and that's, that yeah. final scene between them is so good because he because you he can tell get it. It. Yeah, yeah he still doesn't <laughs> get it and you know this movie started much differently this movie started as a pretty direct adaptation of the book killers of the flower moon which follows tom white the uh f the uh the jesse clemens character yeah the federal what did they call it back then the bureau investigation without the federal i can't remember what it was but yeah jesse clemens character is the main character quote-unquote character of the book and it's more of like a mystery right and so um that was the initial idea and Leo was going to play Tom White and then Scorsese didn't feel right about it and he was like okay we're going to retool this and we're going to make it about um, I forget the actual person's name but we're going to make it more about Lily Gladstone's who she's portraying mm-hmm. she's going to be the main character and Leo was like well I I want to play the I want to play Ernest because I think that their story is the heart of the movie. So they retooled it around that. And Jesse Plemons character becomes like a, you know, a side character. And pretty early on, because I was familiar, I haven't read the book yet, but I was familiar with it. I was familiar with the, what happens, you know, I was like, wow, they're in the trailer. They're kind of giving away the, quote-unquote twist because i thought they were still going to try and play it as like a mystery but there's just no way to play play right, this story yeah. as a mystery if you're if they're the main characters so i mean it's it's up front it's like you know who's doing the killings you know but um yeah man it's a, it's a wonderful movie and whenever i say okay maybe not wonderful wonderful is the <laughs> wonderful <laughs> is like oh what a charming sweet little movie can't wait to watch it again um this is a great movie, a great example of cinema. And whenever I say it's not entertaining, I do not mean that in a yeah, like as a, a negative, negative way. Yeah. yeah, it's just like when it comes to three and a half hour Martin Scorsese movies, I rewatch The Irishman a, a lot, especially for a movie that is about what it's about and how dark that movie gets. 
there's while while the Irishman doesn't glamorize like the mobster life, it's not like Goodfellas where it's like, oh, here's all my cool stuff. Here's here's what I'm buying with all this <laughs> money I'm making. The Irishman makes being a gangster look miserable because you don't see any. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, okay, you're gonna have to sell your soul and kill people for us, and then you never see any good thing he gets out of that. <laughs> you know, but but. Yeah. There is still all the little details like that movie has such a like a as a foodie that movie makes me hungry. Oh, they're yeah, talking yeah. About Sundays are doing the hot dogs they're doing this. They're doing that. <laughs> all the characters are so colorful. That movie has a much more in your not in your face, but that movie is much more humorous with the way it doles out information. And it's Marty and my favorite version of him where he like chops up the movie and kind of does some cool little experimental stuff with it mm-hmm. this is more sober marty this is like silence <laughs> yes like, yeah yeah like this is a meditative movie think about this and think about the dark yes and i think the minute okay meditate was where she used have not entertaining meditative <laughs> and it's like the fact that it's not a mystery and you know who's doing it and you have to sit with these awful people and you're helpless to do it like i was always remember you know you just have to sit with these evil people doing evil things and they're so casual about it it's like yes. they do not give a shit and it's all about greed and money and it's i feel there's so much to say about just america in general and how we treated native americans and like I mean, I appreciate that Martin Scorsese like really tried to reach out to the the native people, the yeah. Osage I've, people, with and full like, part full participation, full collaboration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he had trouble getting this man. He had to go to Apple and get a ton of money because it's like it's like no studio is probably gonna give him two hundred million dollars. I don't know how much it was, but They're like, like where's the needle drops, Marty? Yeah, <laughs> Marty, where's the Rolling Stones? We need... it's just three and a half hours straight of. White people, the American majority, fucking over the Osage, the First Nations. It's pretty much about how no one outside of the white majority is ever going to be allowed to have any power in this country. If they get it, it's going to be forcefully tried to take away from them. Yeah, we're. It's just three and a half hours of that message. I want to say beaten. You're beaten over <laughs> the head with it, but. Not in a bad way, like it's yeah. it's impactful, and you walk out just impactful. like yeah. bad, upset. It's yeah, it's we all. It's a great movie. I think we're all making it sound kind of like almost like it's a, a chore to get through, like it's homework, but it's really not. It just, I just think it's just no. you just got to be ready to sit with some heavy stuff. <laughs> That's all yeah. it is. So, yeah. um, but I fun I fact about this movie. I, I don't want to. We, we really <laughs> talked about it a while. I don't want to keep it going on that. Fun long, fact but... about killing. Hey, hey. <laughs> I this saw this at a nine o'clock show. Oh wow! After waking up at like pretty much the same thing I did the, today, waking up early to record a podcast and then working a full, full day. So I put a movie on my list that I actually dozed off briefly twice during, and I think it shows how good the movie is that I'm That's... still including it, even though I occasionally was uh, a little delirious while watching it. Sign of how good it is. Uh, so. Um, okay, that was my number four. Oh my god, we're in the top three already. This is wild. Okay, uh, Aiden. Big boys. Yeah. All right, my number three. I I don't know if we'll need. I mean, like, if we table this, it's because it's we're all going to talk about it at the same time. A movie, <laughs> the first movie I loved of the year, unabashedly, 
I know some people had to take another viewing of this to maybe come around on it or really like, oh, I got to think about this. I got a mole on this. No, I was enraptured watching this movie. And I know I said earlier, I'm not a fuck. I'm not a I fucking love science subscriber. But I think that's because this movie makes science look as scary as it really is. <laughs> Probably the most horrifying movie of the year. <laughs> Scarier than Hell House LLC, the origins, <laughs> Carmichael, uh, Carmichael Manor. I'm saying this right now. Now, my number three is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Uh, my number three is Christopher Nolan's Table. So why don't we come back to this then? <laughs> He released another movie? No. <laughs> I was expecting it lower on your list, Mark, because then I was referring to you whenever I was like, some people were like, oh, I got to think about that. Oh, you were very subtle about it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I just had to make sure you knew. I had trouble making my, I had some, I said I didn't have trouble making oh. my list this year. I had some trouble and I wasn't sure where this is going to go. But uh, yeah, this is higher on my list. Really? What about you, Matt? Is it higher on your list? Well, I don't need to say now if you've already tabled it. Yeah, let's keep it. Uh, well, here's the tra- I'm keeping track of how many people oh. table it. Oh, so sorry. Do yeah, I yeah, yeah, table it. One? Table it. Okay. <laughs> right. well, okay. Wow. So, um, my number three has been tabled before, but I'm pretty sure we can talk about it right now. The funniest movie I saw all year Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, my number three is Poor Things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My number six. So, yeah. Uh, I. I've only seen one Yorgos movie before. I really liked it, Killing of a Sacred Deer. So I didn't really know exactly how I felt about him, but I was always uh, enraptured by this trailer the bajillion times that I got to see it. They even had the they did the weird trailer where it was like an interview with Emma Stone talking about the themes of the movie. What'd she uh, say? Uh, well, I'm about to say what she said when I talk about it. So, okay. <laughs> but basically. It's all about uh, Bella, played by Emma Stone, who's uh, a Frankenstein creation of mad scientist Willem Dafoe in this very fantastical world. And I don't want to simplify the movie, but, you know, we're on something of a time crunch here. We don't want to spend too much time digging into the themes. It's basically about a woman uh, developing her own sense of agency through sex. And she has a lot of it. All yeah, this I'm, about... As a man, I'm very interested in Yorgos Lanthimos's view of femininity. Because it just uh-huh. seems to be her having a bunch of uh-huh. sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I would say not just the sex, but exploring the world. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah, through sex the with yeah, a bunch well, yeah, of sex. That's true. <laughs> sex around the world. It's the original much title like, of the movie. <laughs> much like the movie Susan May, which is not about sex in any way. It is about a woman finding herself through exploring... Not the world, but her little corner of the world. And look, movies, themes can only go so far with movies. A movie just has to be good, entertaining, funny. It has to do something to make me love it. And this film, more than anything else, A, it's beautiful, meticulously crafted, impeccable set design, impeccable world. I want to go back and watch it again so I can examine every little detail, but two, it's just funny. Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo are uh, every single thing that they do cracks me up. 
like the the way that uh emma stone embodies this frankenstein creation is so funny like she commits to the bit and like like when she first discovers you know what an orgasm is the way that she words it i can't remember exactly what she says like bella learned to make happy all the time oh yeah (laughs) it It is that killed me i was dying and then there's so much that goes on in this movie. Never mind, like Christopher Abbott showing up in like the final act, playing the worst person in the world, like the <laughs> funniest version of the worst person in the world. After you've already gotten like someone bad, but not quite as bad, with Mark Ruffalo throughout the whole movie, just like also playing one of the worst people in the world, a vain, self-absorbed sex maniac i don't know what you call him it's just um, y'all have seen the movie y'all should chime in because this is one of those movies i love so much i'm just gonna fall into word vomit talking about it you you did a very good job mark i was glad you started because i was like you started off really well setting it up uh a move again a huge surprise for me because i have never seen a yogurt laughamos movie (laughs) and i almost thought i didn't care to because something about like what I'd seen and what I heard, I was like, I don't think this guy's going to be for me. Like his, like, I don't know what he's about. I don't, it just seemed like, I'm like, we might not uh, gel, but I went to go see poor things. Cause again, a friend was just going, he was like, do you want to go see poor things? And I was like, sure. Okay. And it is probably the funniest thing I saw all year. It is very funny. <laughs> like um, Mark Ruffalo gives one of the funniest like maybe the funniest performance of the year. I thought he was hilarious in this. Like he, it's fantastic how much of like a stupid like cad. I guess like cad is the right word here. Like, There's nothing like, funnier <laughs> than a than the most confident man becoming incredibly pathetic and like yes. whimpering. <laughs> Emma Stone gives this amazing performance that is like she's changing over this whole course of the movie, and it's like so subtly done that like by where she ends up near the end, I'm like, oh, now she's like. I almost even noticed she'd gotten to where she's gotten to. I don't want to spoil too much, but like, I'm like, Oh, she's, she's like changing from scene to scene. Almost. She's like learning new things. And, and it's like, it just, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's just by the end of like, Oh yeah. Okay. This felt like a, like an amazing character arc, like the best character arc. I think anybody had the whole year. Um, just from where she starts to where she ends up. Uh, I thought it's very funny what it has to say about like when men think a woman is like, she doesn't have much self agency or they think she's not very smart and they just kind of are interested in her for her, like her looks or just sex. And then like when she starts kind of developing her own interests or her own agency, he becomes like Mark Ruffalo becomes like kind of almost scared. And like, yeah, like you say he gets more pathetic. Like he's like, no, no, wait, it's like that's not what I signed up for. Basically, you know, yeah. it's like, why are you like having your own thoughts? Like he gets frightened of that idea of a woman having her own thoughts. Um, so all that stuff was great. What I had to say about that. Uh, Willem Dafoe, great. as just a weird little, dr frankenstein <laughs> like uh under all that makeup um i feel bad there's another the other guy in the movie who's like his assistant rami Youssef. rami Youssef, his part is is he's pretty good like in an understated way kind of everybody else um it looks amazing it looks like no other movie i've seen this year um it's the visuals are great i mean i just had such a good time with it uh it may go on like a tad too long if i had to throw a criticism it may be a little because it's like, I mean, but I'm not going to complain I, too much. I'm just saying, like, it's, there's it's, a reason that it's my number three and not my number one. Right. right. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Now I'm like, oh, I guess I should see some other Yorgos Lathamos movies because uh, I really, really like this one. I thought it was a good time. Yeah. I, 
saw the lobster back when that came out because the trailer looked hilarious, man. And whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be quirky, like a little, like a weird little foreign movie, man. And I saw it and uh, was bored to tears, really hated the lobster. <laughs> and, and so like, yeah. I, like, I mean, there are funny moments in the lobster, but it is one of those movies that is so dry so dry and then the the third act you're like okay this movie's got to be wrapping up like it doesn't narratively feel like it's wrapping up but i feel like i've been sitting here for four days and then like they go to the woods and god there's like a third act that just does not end with them walking around these woods with leah sidhu and i'm just like okay and so i was like i'm good never seeing uh uh your ghost movie ever again however I did want to see the favorite because I like people in in period costumes acting silly. That is always funny to me. That is like the height of comedy. And I missed the favorite. And so I was like, whenever I saw this, I was like, hold on. Whoa. Pump the brakes. Yorgos is doing another people in period costumes acting silly movie. And it's a riff on Frankenstein. I'm in. So... <laughs> I watched it. I went and saw it with Mark and man, I enjoyed it again. I would agree with y'all might be the funniest. I don't know. I'd really have to go through the list might be the funniest movie I saw all year. Mark Ruffalo. I'm just copying y'all. I'm, I'm copying y'all. Uh, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is my favorite performance of the year. Uh, hysterical, like every, yeah. his, just his voice. That's going to be an impression. I love doing. Uh, I hope someone will slap me one day so I can go, just like him um he's like every time he was on screen i was cracking up i was i, I thought it was hilarious my only issue with it is that the paris stuff goes could have done without the paris stuff it just goes on so long and like already up to that point the theme of like her exploring her sexuality nothing against it i'm a pig boy i get it like it's great like i mean like and and I see the value in it from like a humanist point of view. Like it, right, you know, right. it is important beyond me just being like, oh, pretty lady. Huh? You know, like I like I get it. But I got it. And the movie keeps Hammering doing the same point. joke. Yeah. yeah uh, like I mean, there's like a rule of three in comedy. Like once, once funny because you're not expecting it. Twice funny because it's callback. Three times, you know, it's a little bow. But man, they return to these. She returns these jokes over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting it. And then you get to the Paris segment and that's the whole segment. And man, it, I was the only reason it did not make my list and it's in my honorable mentions, but the only reason it did not is because as much as I liked what I liked about the movie, I can't deny I was getting very annoyed watching the movie toward the end. And I didn't want to leave. I'm not going to, it's not going to be the one walk out of the year. Right. No, because I was your ride. And where would you, yeah, <laughs> where could you go? <laughs> no, no. And, and I didn't want to get, no, it's going to make an Alamo draft house joke, um, but oh no, I got to keep away from that. No, but um, I, I was just, I was, I, uh, it did not feel as long as some other movies that I saw this, this year, even movies that made my list, it did not feel as long as them, but I was kind of checking out. And so this is the only reason it's on my honorable mentions, but the positives far outweigh that negative. And um, 
again, Mark Ruffalo. I mean, Emma Stone is great too, of course. Willem Dafoe, I, that's more of like a makeup than a performance and the makeup is like fantastic. But Mark <laughs> Ruffalo is, is why oh, yeah, I would yeah. watch this again if I watch mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. It's great. great. I'm glad we I'm glad we all liked it though. Um uh so god, where are we at? Are we at my number three? We are at your number three, Matt. Okay. I think and this has been tabled enough. There's no more tabling to do. I think this is I think this is, we can talk about it now. My number three is like poor things, huge surprise. Didn't intend to see it, saw it, loved it. Godzilla minus one. You didn't intend to see this? No, because I'm not a Godzilla guy. Oh, I why do I think you were? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Chris Hurtado's a Godzilla guy. Mike Scott. Oh, I thought this was inside the sequel. I'm sorry. I've been calling him Chris. <laughs> this whole time. No, okay. I know. Okay. Very confusing. Hey, uh, what let's podcast? talk Godzilla minus one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Godzilla guy. So I just was like, oh, that's cool. New Godzilla movie. I probably won't see that. And uh, then the buzz was like out of this world. Like people were yeah. losing their minds over this Godzilla movie. And I was like, shit, they better go see the Godzilla movie. And I went and thought it was like one of the best blockbusters I've seen in forever. I'm like, why aren't all American blockbusters like at least even kind of this good? It's like a real movie. It's like, it's like it spends a lot of time on character. And I mean, a, a lot, lot of yes, time, a lot of time, not, not in a bad way. Not in a bad no, way. no, no. In like, it doesn't, that does not feel like it drags the kid, the setup of the characters. Like I could have watched, like I was thinking to myself, and I, I feel I feel like I'm parroting things other people already said, and they feel bad, like yeah. on other podcasts. So stuff, I'm sorry, like, Matt, sorry. Yeah. Can I cut in quickly? Oh, no. I we don't really have time to take a break. I'm gonna quickly leave to run to the restroom. Y'all can keep talking. I'll come back and jump in because I do got to. Okay, go. I can talk for a while about Godzilla. So you're. Good. I'll be right. Uh, uh, okay, so Haiti, you did see Godzilla minus one, right? Saw it, loved it. It's my okay. number five. I honestly can't. I'm sorry, I got your number. Five. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, well, the one guy who has the list in front of him just left. But like, I I can't remember Uh, if he tabled it. I can't remember if Mark has it. I'm sure he tabled. Oh, right. Or did he not have it on his list? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I, saw, <laughs> I will get to my experience with it in a in a bit okay. once you're once you're done. But yes, I saw I'll it vamp for time. While I Mark loved is it. <laughs> the man with the list I, is gone. I loved it. I, I, you know, I could not believe how much I loved it because I just me was, either me I was shocked. Sure. I was like, I, I, I could have watched and everybody will say this. I could have watched a movie just about this guy who was a kamikaze pilot yes. who didn't go through with it and bailed. And he's judged post-World War II. He comes back to just obviously the country has been through hell it's been wrecked he comes back to like where he lived his parents are dead his homes are destroyed he mm-hmm. meets a woman who's got a baby that's not her baby she just found it and they form like this a makeshift found family a found family it's a big theme of the year like it's so this makeshift family they come together him and this woman and this baby and none of them any connection before this war. I could have watched their story, and it's beautiful. And but then you have Godzilla as like a bonus, oh. like, uh, and it's great. I mean, again, I'm not an expert. I haven't seen a lot of Godzilla stuff. I think it's great, like use of Godzilla. I love the the oh. look of him. Um, I love the size, great. the scale, uh, the scale, and the scope. Yeah, he grows in the movie, and so like, and each time you're like, whenever I saw it at the beginning, I was like. Is he gonna be like fifty feet tall? Yeah. Like that. I was like, 
He's a, he, yeah. our boy's that's, looking a little shrimpy, you know what yeah, I'm saying? That's baby Godzilla at the beginning. Babyzilla, like the, yeah. I and was then, into it, yeah, so go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I was just, I'm sorry. When you see him in the city in the big, you know, yeah. the big scene, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's the perfect scale because he's taller than the buildings, but he's not like, you know, in these American movies, he's... Like he's towering over than, skyscrapers, than the, I think. He's bigger than the planet, you know? Like... <laughs> His thigh can't even fit in the in the screen, and that's just too big. You you lose any sense of like wonder, right? But or, he's eh, depends yeah. on the director. No, no, I like, like the sense of scale they give him. It's like it's believable, but still terrifying, and uh, him just crashing through buildings like casually. Uh, it's like it looks so good for. I know everyone's talking about this about how it's like fifteen million dollars. Apparently, is a uh, lot of money. Yo, I mean, like I love Napoleon. It made my list, but. Whenever I heard like what Napoleon cost, like three trillion dollars, and like that sounds accurate, certainly didn't look like it. And Godzilla cost uh, a ham sandwich. And I was like, <laughs> the this the CGI at the beginning was rough, and I was kind of it's sort of like, is he going to be this big? I was kind of kind of like, is he going to look this rough the whole movie? But once you get to the meat of the movie, looks great. Yeah, looks it's, fantastic. I mean, I was hoping the opening scene because. It's like he does like there's an attack with a, a smaller Godzilla, but that scene's so compelling with what happens and scary. It's like Jesus Christ, Godzilla attacking me at night on island is terrifying. Biting guys, he's small enough to bite guys. Biting dudes off the ground, yeah. And I mean, God, I I don't. It's I love this movie. Like I it's just the way that it plays out. You meet the characters, the the kamikaze pilot. Uh, I probably look at that actor's name so I could actually give some credit. Um, if I can pronounce it, I believe it's. Ryanosuke Kamiki, I believe he's the main the main guy. And he like his arc that he has oh. right behind Emma Stone is like the best arc of the year. Like um team up. Where, they need to team up. Yeah, he's they need to team up. <laughs> but the way that goes, he gets on this fishing boat with these guys. The guys on the boat are great. Oh. Like, <laughs> Doc, oh, that's Doc's like the best side character. Delightful dynamic. Great dynamic. All the guys are distinct kind of they got like the rookie they got the doc they got the the guy who's kind of the captain of the boat and they have this great dynamic i, I hate to invoke this movie because i get heat for it and never bring it up jaws i was very much reminded of jaws when i was watching the early yeah. part of godzilla minus one because just some guys on a boat and then they get into yes. some real shit and dude uh, the jaws sequence where he is trailing them in the water i mean yeah there's a lot of great sequences in this movie i mentioned this the city part earlier and it's 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 phenomenal but the scene in the boat when he's following them so scary like yeah. that that scene had me on the edge of my seat and i was like i'm gonna try and convince my brother to watch this because i know he'll love it it's gonna be kind of a, an ask to get him to watch it but i was like once that boat scene gets uploaded to youtube i'm gonna send him that and that's going to convince him because that is terrifying godzilla's just <laughs> silently following them and trying to yeah. eat them oh. <laughs> oh man oh, two more two more things i'll say and i'll let you guys just talk say whatever you want but i just like the the two like kind of themes of the movie i guess one is about kind of all these people having to band together without the government to help them because the japanese government kind of just abandoned them uh mm -hmm. and now they have to kind of go do this on their own and the feelings of that after world war ii just how it deals with like post World War II, mm -hmm. Japan, and how the people to deal with that. And then the other theme of like the idea of just just to live. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like so like this whole culture of like 
you know, it's like die for your country. And then Honor, it's like, well, how yeah. about we just like, you know, live for a change. And it's so beautiful. Um, the ending, like, I'll be good. Like, the way that that ending plays out. I mean, not the, I don't know how to, there's multiple kind of parts of the ending, but like the, the climax of kind of the action of the ending is so like, it's like what you want from a blockbuster where you like, yeah, like a fist yeah. pump. And then yeah. the ending, the ending, ending, which I would definitely not spoil, uh, was so emotional and kind of, did surprise me because i actually didn't expect them to do what they did but i right. was happy they did what they did because i was like oh good it's kind of goofy but it was so, it, it, but i i respected the melodrama of it because like i yes. didn't buy it at first i was like oh really but the, <laughs> the moment itself is so good right i think because the whole theme at that point at that point has been like you know let's let's like live for each other kind of and then to have that like hopeful beat at the end um i loved it i it was a damn near perfect movie i absolutely loved it so okay you guys go ahead and talk now <laughs> it's it's a phenomenal movie like godzilla uh i have not seen the original so i cannot speak with a ton of authority i've seen a few of the old ones seen all the american ones <laughs> get that shit out of here except for <laughs> king of the monsters that's that's my favorite one out of those but like um godzilla never been scarier and like you're talking about how uh, like the movie is a it's it really depicts like Japan post World War II very well to that point. I did not like the the title for the longest time because like what the minus one what is this shit what is uh -huh. it you know, but like once it was actually explained to me where they're like. I can't remember where I saw it or read it, or I don't think it was brought up in the movie, but it was like, it's basically they're saying like Godzilla's at, or oh, Godzilla, Japan is at its lowest point post World War II. Yeah. And then it's like Godzilla comes in to get to like make them take them in a negative. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And thank you like, for explaining that because I, I didn't want to, yeah. I felt embarrassed to ask anybody because I was like, am I missing something? <laughs> so. And as like a, just like from a human perspective, it's like, when you hit rock bottom and you're like, well, it can't get any worse. And then it gets worse. You're like, what <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. It's like, that. that's like, just like a haunting, horrifying, and like beautiful theme in general. And for a Godzilla movie, after <laughs> seeing the trailer for <laughs> Adam Wingard's new piece of shit, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that movie's going to be about godzilla running alongside a big monkey to fight like evil monkeys i'm like okay yeah all right we're, we're, we're watching a real movie here and it's oh. yeah man I, I um that it might might be the biggest surprise of the year for me like oh, i yeah. saw that and expected to like it and walked away like in love i love that movie yeah it's so good Mark, we you walked away. We needed the list because I was <laughs> we like, needed the list because we couldn't I, remember if you had it on yours and table. I uh, yeah, I didn't have it on mine. This is the one. All right, so this is probably this is why this is a subjective list because you know we all have our own experiences with movies, and I I don't want to get too much into it, but I fully admit I was in a really bad mood the day I saw this. I. Uh, was like there's a lot of things going on. I'll just say I was depressed, and that me feeling kind of overtook me while I was watching the movie, so I could only enjoy it so much because uh, this is the best disaster movie that we have had 
in years. So this, I love disaster movies. This should be on my list. And like, they're like, objectively, it's a great movie. Like, it's just the character work, the scale, like everything is top notch. And even in the bad mood I was in, I like cheered at the ending. I thought it was great. But just because because of that, like, I imagine when I watch it again, I'll be like, I really should have put that on my list. But this was just one where, like, I have to go with how I was feeling when watching the movies that's going into uh, making this list. So that's why something like Thanksgiving made the list, because I was just in the perfect mood when I watched that movie and it delivered. And Godzilla minus one, which I think is like my number one honorable mention. It was this close to the list. Uh, didn't quite make it. And okay. I'll admit, I uh, I mean, you know, um, I, I feel like sometimes my mood affected my relationship to a lot of movies this year. You know, there are a lot of movies I didn't see just because I never got in the mood to see them. So I think my list is pretty much like just movies that really, either in spite of my mood or because of my mood, just completely worked for me. Like, my number one is like, the best time I had in a theater this year because it like completely made me forget about the funk I was in for however long it was, but we'll get there. Anyway, Godzilla minus one. Great. Just did not make the list for me, unfortunately. No, that I understand. I, there's so many movies happens to me more at home where it's not even, sometimes it's bad mood. Sometimes it's like it's distracted which does make me, and I try to watch things distraction-free, but sometimes distractions happen, and you kind of feel like you lose focus on the movie. And I look back at things in my like letterbox diary, and I'm like, oh, I remember that did not play well for me, probably because I was in a bad mood, or I was distracted, or both. Uh, and I hate that. I hate doing that. To, like it's, it's a disservice to a movie, you know what I mean? Like Because you feel bad almost, where you're like, oh, I didn't give that a fair shake. You know what I mean? So I understand. There's plenty yeah. of things I probably underrated because I was not in the right Ooh. mood for them. In, in Godzilla minus one, pretty bleak movie to see when you're depressed <laughs> like i mean it, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... like happy ending really happy ending surprisingly happy ending but and very cheerworthy climax but for a long time it's very oh yeah dark, very it's pretty dark. Dark. <laughs> that's a little scott cooper misery porn yeah <laughs> so um scott cooper should make all it right well. yeah okay what, top two. Oh my god i can't i think we're in the, uh, two? We're in, we're in the we're, two like guys we can do this we can do it i'm excited uh okay hayden what's your number two my number two all right my number two um guys it's a movie about loving and being loved it's despite its setting a very warm hearted movie my number two is the holdovers and I don't know this uh, on another day. This might be number one. My number two and my number one are both number one in my heart. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sort of like Mark was ta- talking about this year was, or last year was uh, pretty rough in terms of like personal life uh, stuff and uh, you know, headspace De- depression got pretty bad last year. And like, um, you know, every now and then you see something and it really kind of makes you appreciative of a lot of things in your life. And it is so stupid, but it felt like a hug, you know, 
And I know, I, I think I heard Alexander Payne might hate, <laughs> might hate oh, me saying that. <laughs> I was going to mention, he's been like totally bristling up against this idea of everyone calling it a comfort movie. I mean, just let it yes. go, man. Like accept it. People so, like your movie. Like he's so against I, that. I misread it. At first, I thought he hated that people thought it was like heart heartwarming. But he, I think it's specifically that he doesn't like them saying it's a cozy comfort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I still don't get what his issue with that is. Uh, but, you know, fuck him, uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I Fuck him. <laughs> I, another, another found family movie. Um, yeah, yeah. It's about people who've been left behind by their family, whether, um, you know, through choice or by fate and it's uh and and a certain curmudgeonly scrooge type character which is one of my favorite archetypes who abandoned his own family began to go his own way but got stuck and never moved on and it it's it's exactly the kind of seasonal drama that i love like i and then I love the old um, uh, New England set fall movies that we used to get, like Cider House Rules and uh, Dead Poet Society and stuff like this. And this is a winter set, New England set uh, drama with a cast of characters I fell in love with and man it's just like uh i, I again I, i'm sorry like matt you said you feel like you're parodying other people i feel like i'm doing the same way it's it despite it like being bleak and cold setting wise it's like man i just wanted to i did not want to leave the world that it creates like you really get a sense of the school you get a sense of the town around the school the little neighborhoods and the the diner that they go to and whatnot and it just, it felt real. And uh, yeah, uh, okay, I'm gonna stop talking about it. Uh, my, <laughs> yeah, this is my second. This is my second favorite. Or it's my number two, tied with number one for being my favorite movie. It's like a one A one B situation. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I feel I, I feel stupid putting it in number two right now, but like, uh, man, <laughs> what can you do? The holdovers, great movie. All right. Uh, yeah, because it was my wait, Mark. Where was it on your list? Well, I didn't have it on my list. Oh, it was it's, on, it's an honorable mention. <laughs> Thank God Mark was keeping track of this guy. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I gotta uh, see, was... I gotta see this little chair and cat movie. Uh, I, will, I will watch it as Mark. I, I'm I'm being I'm being churlish, but I I do need to see that little anime. If you liked it that much, that made you yeah, if it, it's this. a major list. I, I feel like that's a good uh you're vouching for it. Yeah. Okay, it was my number seven. This is the movie I really do think of all my top ten will move up as the years go on. Because it's going to get that bump every... It's going to get the rewatch at Christmas time, probably. Because <laughs> mm. it's a Christmas movie. Um, and it just feels like one that I could come back to again and again. Uh, yeah, again, Alexander Payne. Don't know what he's talking about. A guy... Another guy <laughs> that I don't think don't of as a about. guy that I really am a fan of. Because mm. I haven't really seen many of his movies or the things I have. I don't... This is really my think. first Payne movie, yeah. It might be other, other than Major. Wait, which one? <laughs> major Payne? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is a major pain. This is my first pain. Oh, it's a classic. Uh, I've only seen Election. That's the only other one I had seen, um, which I do like. Very different. I want to see them all. I really want to see Descendants and Sideways. Those are the two I really want to see. I'll tell you one I don't want to see because I watched a trailer for it 
800 times is downsizing. I know what you're going to say. If I, yeah. Oh, I do want to watch that one, actually. I like that it's a high concept comedy. I like I'm like. i curious. He Well, he bounced back because I don't think he's worked since Downsizing came uh, out and tanked. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree that it's like a warm, cozy, comfort movie. But it has like enough of a bite, which I think Alexander Payne's yeah. work tends to have a little bit of like a bite to it. Like a, it's, it's not super sweet and uh, saccharine, but um, the people feel real. They feel like lived in, like real people that we're just mm. kind of meeting at this point in time. Again, another theme of like just three great performances in one movie with Paul Giamatti, Dominic Sessa and divine, divine joy Randolph. Um, like the three of them are so good. I cannot believe this was Dominic Sessa's first movie. <laughs> like he's incredible. Crazy. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. I guess it someone pointed out maybe it helps he has no like real like actor ticks. Like he's just so like fresh and he yeah. hasn't developed any weird habits. He just feels very natural. Um mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti, always great. Hardly gets to ever be like the lead, you know, but he's mm-hmm. great in this. Uh the whole kind of subplot or divine Joy Randolph's like plot is like heartbreaking in a kind oh of my like God. a quiet. Yeah. So sad. And it's not like it doesn't beat you over the head with that, I feel like. You you know what's going on. The scene in the kitchen was like broke my heart <laughs> like i was gonna uh, say we if there's any thing that we like pick out and like have to talk about like the entire new year's eve or new year's eve the entire christmas eve sequence oh yeah, yeah. i mean it runs the gamut of like human emotion like <laughs> yeah like you get all the you get all the good stuff you get the kid feeling like okay he's you know he's he's somewhere that's a that's a little fun he got out of the school and then like oh he meets a cute girl and they go to the basement and they're having she's uh, they're having a surprisingly deep discussion about you know every ch- every child is an artist or you know all this kind of stuff and then they're like flirting and they smooch and then you're with like you're with uh Paul Giamatti and you see Paul Giamatti and uh I'm I'm sorry the the who's the what's the lady's name is it uh, Carrie Preston from True Blood? No, no, no. The the third. Oh, Divine Divine Joy Randolph. Yeah, like they're both having kind of flirty situations with two other characters, and then like one is quietly heartbreaking because mm-hmm. like what happens with what happens with one of them is just like you think you really think it's blooming into something, and then it's just oh yeah, like you know. <laughs> That um, one hurts. That one's a little too been, real. Like, oh, been there, like, been there, Paul. Yeah, uh, been there, but and, so, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then like, uh, and then, and that one, that one hit me harder just because it's more relatable. But then, you know, the scene in the kitchen is just, mm. it's, it's, it's a great, it's movie, so great good. movie. You can really just put it on and just yeah. kind of live with it. And, uh, you know, uh, I know everyone. It's go. It's a cozy movie. Sorry, the way it looks. I know it's like fake film, yeah, sorry, digital, but whatever. I don't. It, I think it still looks good. I like the look of it. Yes, yeah. that could be. I could see somebody getting annoyed with that, where they're like, oh, they went through. Why are they putting on all these errors, trying to make this look like a seventies movie? And it's like, uh, I, I know it's digital. And it's faking it, but worked for me, man. Yeah, um, it, it works. I mean, for it me, worked it, for me. I couldn't even tell it was digital. That's how good it looks. I had it's, to Google it. I was like, is this complete... fake? I mean, I didn't really care, but I was just curious. I was like, is it shot on film or is this digital that looks like um, and, yeah. Alexander Payne, I don't, I don't care what you think about my opinion on your movie because you're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. It is a you're cozy a big movie. Fat phony. 
yeah. and a liar <laughs> and your movie is great so shut up oh, it's yeah it's a really really good movie i'm sure it'll be the one of these of all my 10 it'll probably continue to go grow over the years and probably if i redid this in 10 years it might be it'll make the, the climb <laughs> <laughs> so good um okay so wait we're okay that was your Marks, number two Marks number hey, two i didn't get to talk about holdovers man oh sorry I'm oh sorry. it didn't make your list another thing i was talking about the subjectivity of like being in a bad mood when you're watching something another thing <laughs> he was probably... so he's in a bad mood when he saw <laughs> yeah i was look great movie and it is in the honorable mentions but the phenomenon so hayden and i we watched three movies that day and we kind of raced from theater to theater didn't have a lot of downtime that is always going to hurt a movie with me if mm -hmm. I don't have as much time to reflect on it. And the problem with the holdovers, great as it is, we watched it and then we had to hustle right over to the theater, the next theater to watch poor things. Didn't really get a lot of time to sit with it. Yeah, no. And uh, I think that definitely hurt. And it doesn't help that I saw it before poor things, which I just I mean, that's my number three. I thought. The, the funniest movie of the year like the most yeah. laughs i've had this year like anything i watched before that is gonna hurt but i do i like alexander Payne's made some very good movies and this is one of them i really liked it and, you know i can see this one uh climbing when uh when i revisit it yeah okay that's, well that's all i got about that's all like <laughs> i'm sorry hayden I, I don't care it's whatever i i i i'm it's mm. a coming of age movie, which you don't really like, but I mean, it's like one third that. Yeah, it's such a good cozy little winter movie. I love yeah, those. Exactly. So I thought it might uh, I thought that might counterbalance the coming of age story. Well, it's going to grow on him. I'm going to make that <laughs> guarantee. Yeah. You watch it again. Um, All right. Okay. Now my number two. Yes. All right. So kind of like Hayden, this is a. Uh, 1a 1b scenario I, i've been constantly flip-flopping these uh my two favorite movies of the year and i decided to put this one at number two just because my experience with it was maybe like marginally less satisfying than with my uh 1a aka my number one and we'll get to that but my number two is the latest from probably my favorite director I've talked about him multiple times on this podcast. And uh, I know you like Macquarie that much. <laughs> <laughs> we can finally talk Oppenheimer. I, I'm actually shocked that it's not number one. But you know what? It's I believe two, Believe it or not. Well. So am I. I figured as much. It's your number two, Matt? Yeah, yeah. We all know what Matt's number one is. These <laughs> listeners, they can guess. I would have been I would have been disappointed if it wasn't number one. <laughs> I still may surprise you. No, I, I probably won't. No, you uh, won't. So you won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we're we're here. You better not is what I'm. Is okay. what I yeah. say. You better not surprise us. I don't think I will. Um, you know. You know what? You know what? I will just uh, make a plea. We all have been on a podcast to talk about Oppenheimer earlier. That's so we were all in the schlock and odd to do a Barbenheimer double feature episode. So we got a lot of our thoughts on Oppenheimer out on there. So I feel like even though it's high on the list, we could probably blast through this one. I was thinking the, the same thing. Last yeah, number one. How hey. fucking insensitive of you, dude. <laughs> it only happened uh, 70 years ago. 
but isn't it 80 75 i think yeah that's it only right. happened 78 years ago you piece of shit no i'm joking uh um, yeah i was gonna direct people to i mean we're gonna talk about it but i was saying like if people want to hear us say more we we're on Lindsay shock and all podcast and did barbie and oppenheimer and i feel like we were almost and i probably still be almost overwhelmed to talk about oppenheimer because it's, such it's an a overwhelming big, movie overwhelming movie yeah, it's serious very serious and it's it's <laughs> capital i important and i don't mean that in like a in like a dismissive way like right right in a funny no, way it, it, it's like it's, yeah it's like it, you want to sit people down who have power like they won't listen but like politicians <laughs> like, watch this movie and think about some stuff before you do well, anything every <laughs> scene has somebody going this is the most fucking important thing that's ever fucking happened and you're like uh yeah you're the like, case yeah, would right. be made that yeah uh-huh yeah oh it's so it's okay. much easier made it... it was what we're saying is it was much easier to talk about the movie that's about uh fucking toys uh Coming to terms with uh, <laughs> yes. wanting to be alive or whatever. Oh God. Oh, but yeah. I mean, Mark. I mean, go ahead. I. Or, uh... I mean, it's just. Uh, what was I going <laughs> to say? I mean, it's it's the late first off. The guy, you know, my my top two are from people who are trying to keep cinema alive, specifically the theatrical experience by making big movies. And look, uh, you know what we didn't know at the time we recorded the episode. This is one of the top 10 highest grossing movies of the year a three-hour historical talkie drama made it into the top 10 that's, that's incredible yeah like honestly like this year had some like questionable elements in the box office but also had some great elements like that like yeah. with, like it was pretty great to see that and like yeah this uh like he's bringing back the uh like the important big budget biopic the important big budget drama and doing a great job in the process i i really don't i really don't know what else i'm gonna say about it. it's just i mean nolan's my favorite director because he makes his like he his movies make you feel small but not in a bad way like you should go to the movies and feel small and you get wrapped up into this big world and this does it in a different way than his other movies do this makes you feel small and you're scared because of it like you're in awe, but you're also scared. It's at... a scary movie. It makes scary... yeah. It makes science look like sorcery, and it's it like... just makes you feel. Stop so dabbling small. in it! Stop dabbling in! <laughs> you feel so powerless when you're watching this movie, yeah. much like uh, the subject of the film in the set. Pretty much like movies kind of divided into two sections that it intercuts, and uh, you basically, you feel like him in that second portion. You just feel so powerless, and like, what are, like, what are, like, uh, how do you come to terms with living in this world? Like, how do you come to terms with unleashing something like that onto the world that basically changed the entire, like, idea of power in the world? Like, it, it's, uh, like it's, it's throwing so much at you, and you made I, you a know, big gun that killed a bunch of people. Like it's just right. like, oh fuck. Like I, I uh, like terrible. Now, Mark, I didn't know it would make it so high on your list because I know we haven't really talked about it since, I guess. For the longest time, you weren't a biggest fan of the courtroom stuff, which oh. I think the courtroom and interviewing stuff is my favorite part of the movie. For longest time. It's just two weeks. I mean, I I, I like <laughs> that's a long grew- time nowadays. 
it grew on that. So that is partially the reason I've got it at number two and not number one, because it has grown on me and I see the point to it in the movie. I do think it goes on just a little too long in that section. I don't think it was you, but I did hear someone saying, I wish they would have kept it out of the movie. I think my sister and my brother said, I wish they would have kept that stuff out out of the movie and just made it about like, like stop the grilling on the communist stuff and stop the, you know, like the Strauss stuff isn't important. I love political law thrillers where it's courtroom stuff and it is two guys head to head and just seeing like, Robert Downey Jr. stressing out so much about <laughs> Oppenheimer and his like Salieri to the to the uh I mean it's not exactly Salieri to Amadeus mm-hmm. but like that kind of dynamic man like and it ends with like uh, Don Draper saying I don't think about you at all like I mean that <laughs> that, that yeah, isn't yeah. I mean oh yeah, that's so it's my favorite part of the movie what it's is just the line like, so compelling Alden Ehrenreich has for Danny Jr. is it like maybe they're talking about something more important than did you did you ever think that maybe yeah. they were talking so see I think that's another that moment uh, is tr- kind of treated like a big twist like a big reveal and it's like I spent like the whole from that first interaction with Einstein I spent the whole movie thinking Oh, I mean, I wonder what they were talking about. Certainly not Louis Strauss. But then at right. the end of the movie, that's kind of the big reveal, quote unquote. Maybe he didn't mean it as a reveal. That's how it came off to me. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, I did kind of feel like I was ahead of a large chunk. What's of the a movie. reveal to the character, not really to us so much. Because like you spend the whole movie going, who is this fucking guy? I don't even know who <laughs> Strauss is. What is this? What's his I mean, deal? Yeah, that's right. He's I not thought- in any of the flashbacks. What's going on? Exactly. I felt I, I, that's the thing. I, I for, mainly for the first viewing, but that like Killers of the Flower Moon, that's when I saw at the end of the long day. But that's because it was opening day. I'm not about to miss Nolan on opening day. Like, that's now, one you, of those things I will still I will always go to. Now, do you agree with a certain letterbox reviewer that the most powerful image of last year was Josh Peck handing a big red button to Aiden? It's we don't have enough time to get into this. I have enough time to make got fun a, of that certain guy. We got a lot of inside jokes, and sometimes they make them on the. Normally, I'm okay with them, but we. Uh, oh. I told you to lead with that, damn it, <laughs> Matt. What do you think, of Oppenheimer? Papa, uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Like I, it's you know my number two. I always think it's great. Um, cast is stacked like just beyond belief. Like and Oof. and everybody's doing good work. It's not like somebody comes in and like shit's the bed it's like we're asking everybody to go up to the, the plate and hit a, a home run and they all i feel like everybody does it like yeah. who comes in like um josh hartnett a guy who people i feel like kind of like oh josh oh. he's great in his part phenomenal yes. aaron yes. right who i mentioned i mean obviously robert Downey jr who i think was the front runner to get the supporting actor nomination but now people talk about like charles melton possibly or even um i can't remember the other guy but there was other like it like he's so good obviously i mean i think emily blunt actually is a little underrated at what she's because everyone's like oh she's playing the wife but i think she's playing the wife with she's playing more... the monster there's more going like, on with her she does than... get she gets a big moment in the final act that kind of you know makes up for yeah. a lot of it although that is also one of those moments from the like first from <laughs> the first like time I, saw, a... I was like oh. Oh. <laughs> it's treated like such a it's like a Chris oh my Nolan, like oh my god <laughs> that he had yeah. he had he had autopilot she, 
but she just like rejects a handshake and you're like yeah she refuses she refuses a handshake and like first time i saw this it was a 10 o'clock show at night after a long work day and i'm just like (laughs) yeah why are we watching this but it was a pretty impactful (laughs) moment on my second viewing i want to watch it again like that's one that i'm gonna keep digging into yeah Uh, there's a lot to just for the performances like every I mean, like, and like matt damon brings some i think much needed some a little bit of levity to some situation like you know when yeah. he's he's like what's the chance we blow up the world it was all the trailer it was like <laughs> i'm gonna need a little more than just you know i need 100 i need 100 that's one of the big memes that came out of this movie that uh yeah. came out of the whole barbenheimer craze and i mean killing murphy if i've not even mentioned him yet he's the you know star of the movie uh i think I... it was there was a lot of discourse about Oppenheimer and I, uh-huh. I thought it was interesting. It was all stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anybody was like, I didn't think the movie was trying to get sympathy for Oppenheimer. I just, no, think he's showed... the worst guy in the whole world. And he, I think he kind of knows it and try, he, tr- yeah. as much as he tries to atone for what he did, that is something you can never no. atone for. Like it's no. out of the box. You've already let out of the box. You cannot atone for what you did um i don't think it's asking us to be like oh okay i feel i'm gonna forgive him no it's like he can't forgive himself no one should forgive him um Mm. he's doomed the planet possibly you know it's like at the last shot is like my god the way it ends is like yeah it's all about scary like this is well okay i was gonna bring this up because the man the 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 implications the straight up ending of it and everything it's really really scary one yeah and <laughs> ooh, like the part where he's given the speech and the sound drops out oh. and you hear like the scream and stuff. It's one of the best things oh, in the movie. All really that's incredible. Yeah, really effective. Yeah, really effective. Yeah, it's like chilling. Actually, moments. you know something but, I didn't. Oh, I'll just quickly say the whole Trinity test sequence is oh just God. like the build up to sound very pretentious. A marvel of cinema. <laughs> now, no, it is. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say okay. two things. Okay. Number one, Trinity test scene was awesome. However. <laughs> thought it'd be louder because <laughs> because my sister pumped me up she was like that was the loudest thing i've ever seen in my life and so it wasn't that loud but um i was like you ever seen a fucking uh i can't come up with anything anyway um the other thing i was going to ask while the ending and everything is really scary on the list of things we're terrified of on the daily when's the last time y'all been afraid of bombs more lately more lately things going on in the world i think the past yeah. year with there's a lot of conflict going on in the world maybe Not when north korea threatened to retaliate for the interview that was scary <laughs> well the interview time. and i remember there was a during the trump administration there was like a few weeks where the where every, where every news outlet was like uh, could get bombed today. Maybe we should start doing those uh, Cold War uh, <laughs> freakouts. Yeah. Get under your desk. That'll yeah, help. Get under like... your fucking desk. I, I, like a few years ago, I remember thinking about it occasionally. But like in terms of like, you know, we've had it. Chris. Chris. Come, Christopher. Come on. We've had a <laughs> pandemic. With, yeah. There are aliens now. Um, there... <laughs> <laughs> but we established nobody cared about the aliens. Remember? We were like, ah, oh, the aliens. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think honestly, Oppenheimer is probably part of the reason I was thinking about this more this year. And just there's been conflict going on in Ukraine and Russia, and mm-hmm. now there's stuff in Israel and Palestine. And it's just like, ah, yeah. like so there's too much. There's more. It feels like I should not. I should not make light of nuclear annihilation. I should not make that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, as a as an anxiety 
Like a big world. Oh, anxiety. I mean, yeah, I don't. I haven't really thought about it in a long time. I don't lose sleep because I'm like, well, it's one of those yeah. things too. It's like, what can you do? You can't oh, nothing. stop it. So it's like, eh. No. Um, but I, I got to give two. The, the movie's edited so well that it's like, it makes conversations uh, kind of just oh. feel, it's almost like action scenes. Like, That's and then why the, I and love then the, the music. The, the, the music and the editing. Stuff, yes. There's a scene where they're going around a table like a round table and like all the big guys are there and it's like it's Oppenheimer and um, uh, Louis Strauss and a bunch of other and like that scene plays out with editing the music it's almost like it's so exciting and people just talking Dude. it's like so exciting right. um, that the Trinity test is right. like that um, it's I mean it's it's so well made from top to bottom I was so glad that it did as well as it did because yeah. I just was like we need more movies like that to do well to show Hollywood like yes you can make and it may be just be Nolan's special. I don't know. But it's, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was a little down. Sorry, Mark, on Nolan after the past two Nolan movies because I didn't love oh, Dunkirk. Get out. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. But Dunkirk. I'm back. I'm fully Tenet. on board. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dunkirk and Tenet are amazing. I, I Tenet just climbs every time I watch it. I love Tenet. So I do cool. like Tenet more on the rewatch, I will say that. But I it's just, just like a how do you not just like I mean, no one can see this, but how do you not like just vibe with it? Like, I'm trying you're, like, to like biting your lower lip, doing a little dance. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn to vibe with Tenet because I realize I should stop trying to figure it out and just go with it. Uh, like they say in the yeah. movie, at one point, feel it, um, just feel it, feel so, up, Tenet, dude. Oppenheimer, Dunkirk, double feature. That's what you got to do. Okay, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Dunkirk should go last. Might be less depressing. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we did was survive. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. Listen, Oppenheimer's great. I know. I know yeah. what all three of our number ones are. Yeah, I think I do too. So, so why um, don't we? Why don't we dive right in? Uh, hey, Don, what is your number one movie of the year? That movie came out this year. Fuck. Oh wait, I already <laughs> did that joke. Yeah, my number one movie of the year, not with a bullet because Holdovers is also there, one A and one B, but my one A. Today and on many days is the most fucked up case <laughs> Hercule Poirot has ever investigated. Haunting in Venice, baby. Like, talk about talk about scary. No, uh, no. <laughs> haunting, haunting in Venice. Is there a movie more tailor-made for me that came out this year? I was going to say, it's a real hated movie through and through. Matt called it, you called it from like the day the trailer dropped. You said, Hayden, if this is not your number one. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm not going to do the show anymore. And there was was no Michael Myers this year and there was no Cyrano to get in its way. So, I mean, Kenny Branagh, my boy, (laughs) this, this man who loves life and loves being alive and loves injecting that kind of exuberance into his filmmaking. He made a chilling, atmospheric, and Dutch angle heavy <laughs> uh, Halloween set murder mystery um, called The Haunting in Venice, based on Halloween Party by uh, Agatha Christie. And it is just one of the most sumptuous thorough uh, sumptuous and thoroughly like textual isn't the right word but like c- 
compelling isn't exactly the right word either. I just like, while I was watching it, I never once got into my own head and start thinking about the filmmaking or thinking about what I was going to do later or thinking about something that happened earlier. I was in from the beginning and it clearly was effective because every Tom, Dick and Harry who has been talking shit on murder on the Orient express and death on the Nile, they all seem to like this one uh, for some reason, haunting and for whatever reason, haunting in Venice worked for uh, all the naysayers in a way that the previous ones did not. I think the real location definitely helped because yes, one of the big yeah. criticisms of Death on the Nile is, oh, the green screen looks so terrible. Did not bother me. I love love the <laughs> other two movies. I'll stop complaining about other people's complaints now. Um, at the end of the day, it's just this movie. If we're going to, if I'm going to, bring every movie I love down into one theme like I did with Napoleon this movie okay a few years ago <laughs> I think I think probably 2019 2020 the director of Thanksgiving produced a TV show a reality a reality TV show called a ghost ruined my life oh god I remember this show yeah Kenneth Branagh said no 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 I'm making a movie called A Ghost Saved My Life. <laughs> and it's about it's about a man, a character who I I do not identify with. I'm it is not relatable, but it's like that's my Superman. I want to be Kenneth Branagh's version of Hercule Poirot. Like I, that that is the person I want to be. I love him. He looks so cool. Um he's great. He loves little cakes. He reads <laughs> He's smart. He's the he's the world's greatest detective. And at the beginning of the movie, he has lost. Th this is Kenneth Branagh's nightmare. He has lost his love of living because he has lost his curiosity and he has lost a sense of being. He is depressed. Can he be as poor as and the man who knows everything, who is so sure. I know I said earlier, I love people who know exactly who they are. And Poro does. But he thinks he knows everything about the world. And he is depressed. The fact that the theme of this movie is a guy like that sees a ghost and it saves his life. It brings him back and gives him another reason for living. That's beautiful. I, I just spoiled the movie. But like... <laughs> but like yeah. My my favorite movie. I can't think of a message I love more from it. Like I, as much as I love the holdovers and want to live in it. And I see myself probably becoming Paul Giamatti from that movie <laughs> more easily than I see myself becoming Poirot. The message of like something beyond making an intervention in this guy's life and changing him is like, man, I, I mean, the haunting of venice made for hayden and guess what hayden saw it and loved it and it's his I, number one i would have been upset if this wasn't your number one yes i <laughs> i'm glad that it paid off for you because uh, i would have been sad if this came out and disappointed you that would have been terrible if you were like never would have happened I, <laughs> well I, I i don't know after a few other movies came out this year and i was like oh, okay uh, i was kind of a little i wasn't worried that it would happen but it, it could have and i'm glad it yeah. did not as well i 
I, you know, I, I could speak probably because I'm one of those people who like this better than the first two. But you I think it comes to, you're going to talk about it before me, Matt. I had oh, it I'm on so my sorry. list. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you doing? I got excited. I got excited. I won't say much. This is my number four. Uh, it's the best horror movie of the year. That's right. Kenneth Branagh made the best horror movie of the year. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is a murder. It is a murder mystery. But this movie, Hayden already said it. It basically posits that the supernatural could exist so it's a horror movie too and it's very some of the creepiest moments of this year are just the silent moments where they are going through the canals at the beginning heading to the halloween party and it's just it's a marvel to look at it's just like it's just a it's just good old-fashioned movie making like that's there are a few things i like in movies as much as good old-fashioned movie making and I didn't even dislike uh, Death on the Nile or Murder. I thought they were great. But this one, just, uh, yeah, I think the setting and everything, just maybe the tone, just like put it over those two for me. It's my favorite of the bunch. And it's just one of the best times I had in the theater this year. Uh, I don't really, I, I don't really have much more to say. I mean, Hayden, this is his movie. He pretty much said everything that I could possibly think of saying. I just thought it was a great time. Amazing cast. Not quite as uh, full of star power as the past two, but still a great bunch of people, including last year's Oscar winner for Best Actress. Uh, just which maybe my maybe one of the best, coolest things I've seen this year is her old entrance because she enters the movie in one of those quiet uh, canal scenes wearing a spooky mask, and it's awesome. Wait, Tina Fey <laughs> won Best Actress. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love oh. you know I love Tina Fey too though big Thirty Rock fan thrilled to see her here. Oh, I was excited to see Kelly Riley. Oh, oh, uh, never, never know anyway. it. Matt, <laughs> you, you said so you uh, you hated I, the last. No, no, I absolutely <laughs> despise them, <laughs> and yet you love this one, and this one's a horror movie, and you hate horror too. <laughs> Man, you just got it all in, in one. In one <laughs> okay, let's clarify. Let's clarify some things. Don't hate horror. Went through a rough patch with horror. <laughs> you don't need to clarify, Matt. You know you're letting them win by by constantly addressing it. Yes, you should just yes. ignore it. No, I'm kidding. I, I should, but I can't help it. Uh, haven't you noticed? I can't ignore. I, I I walk into these jokes myself. It's almost like I have a need to be made fun of for this. Stuff. <laughs> like, uh, listen. I I also found there was a whole podcast dedicated to Neon Maniacs, which blew my mind because Neon Maniacs the movie that broke me of horror movies for a little bit. I was what? I thought Neon Maniacs was so terrible wait <laughs> like, a whole podcast what do you mean i don't know there's i think there's a guy Multiple, who is like literally every interviewing every single person who's alive who worked on the maniacs because he loves the movie that much i Jesus. listen i will the only thing i will defend the movie i i watch it in terrible quality on tubi mm. so commercials and looking like a bad vhs rip didn't help me on it anyway i don't hate horror <laughs> don't hate horror i didn't hate the last two yeah. i even kind of people really shit on death on the nile and Dude, that one was kind of fun for me. They had sick. the fucking torches <laughs> and pitchforks out for Death on the Nile. I mean, that cast also didn't help him. He was a very canceled cast at that point. It was like, the, it was like things were not. There was not a good goodwill. Uh, but I, I was sick or something and watched it, and I was like, this is nice. Um, and then, oh, but this one, I love the setting. He went to a real place. That was a knock on the, especially the second one. He yeah. rectified that, um, and it paid off. And I love the atmosphere and the vibe of it because yeah now it's a horror thing i think the stuff that you mentioned with perot where he's at is interesting 
like his mm-hmm. character where his character's at. Um, I love Michelle Yeoh in anything. Uh, Tina Fey doing something a little different. I like that. Um, this one did this hurt me the most to leave out of the top ten because I wanted to go to bat for it more. When I know you, I knew you loved it, but mm-hmm. it didn't make it. But I'm gonna rewatch it again. I actually, told my girlfriend. I was like, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a mystery because she watched. Um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, the the uh-huh. Brown one, and was like, I really liked it, and I was like, you know, there's Ooh. more of those, <laughs> and I said, we gotta watch oh, Honey in Venice. Man, um, she's a keeper. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll tell you all about the pro movies. So I was like, I know a guy who loves them, but um, I really, really liked it. I was, I really had a good time with it. It did feel old fashioned in a very a good way, a charming way, like old fashioned movie making. Um, oh, yeah. so I really liked it. I really wanted to put my top ten. Just some other things came in at the end and pushed it out, but. Um, but yes, I, I enjoyed it. So, um, glad that's your number one. Mm. So, all mm. right, Mark, I do know what your number one is now. It process of elimination. It's, so it's time. Yeah. All right. Li- uh, yeah. Listen, El Hayden was talking. Wait, wait, Mark, you got the, you got the news on, on there? In there? Is it, is it time for a reckoning? Hey, <laughs> uh, hold on guys. Hayden was talking about the haunting in Venice being tailor made for him. And in another era, I might not have cared about this movie, but I do think, in fact, that now it was tailor made for me. And I think there's going to be some complaints about this, but I'm just going to shake them off because. (laughs) Listen, great visual joke for an audio podcast. I didn't see (laughs) the Eras tour because I went to the actual Eras tour and then. Would a concert movie have made your list, Mark? I actually, look, if this movie has a, captures even a fraction of the energy of that concert, it would have made the list. Well, you saw the real thing. I saw the real thing, so I didn't feel compelled to watch the movie. I might have if it didn't come out in October when I was in horror mode, but it did. But look, concert, one of the best experiences of the year, like. Yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure the movie would have made the list because I love Taylor. She's great. Uh, but no, not the list. Y'all pictured it. Y'all guessed it. My number one is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Uh, just the like the beginning of the capper of one of my favorite franchise, maybe my favorite franchise that's currently running outside of like Halloween or something. But who knows? If that's even still currently running anymore. Who knows what's gonna yeah, happen come with on. that? Come on, he's not. <laughs> He'll be back. I would hope not, but I mean, just I love this franchise so much. Just the like, I was talking about good old fashioned movie making. This is good old fashioned movie making. These are movies. You made. still haven't said the name of the movie. I said Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, didn't I? Did you? Wait, did he? I did. I don't know. I think so. I'm a terrible host. What do you? I, I don't know. You know what? I don't think I said part one, but I mean, you know, there's not going to be a part. Yeah, two, I was confused. So I thought part of the time. Yeah, I was confused. I didn't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> but, this is just going to the movies for excitement, and Tom Cruise has committed his life to giving that us that excitement. He's also committed his life to questionable religions, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what he does for the good of the movie going public. Is there anything better than the than the the little ad they show every now and then with him and Chris in the planes and him hanging off the plane? He goes, "We'll see at the movies." (laughs) Oh my god, it's fantastic! Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this one, I'm just, I think it's just going to turn into word vomit. But, you know, this is not really a movie where you, you talk about the themes or anything like that. This is just a movie you talk about the excitement. The you could pieces. talk about the themes. It's about oh, fucking AI. AI. Yeah, <laughs> I could talk about that. I don't want to, though. I feel like enough people are talking about that right <laughs> an now. English teacher, an English teacher may have something to say about that. If I'm sure he will. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Our president certainly has something to say about it. What? What? <laughs> you know, apparently uh that's the movie that made joe biden really uh scared of ai <laughs> that's hilarious i didn't hear that you did oh that's no no that's so I, look good. it up double check but i heard I someone think, no, say I, that okay let me go look. i'm I, fucking scared <laughs> but I, well, i've heard about this but there's so an yeah, ai I, out there yeah, it's fucking scary scared. it's real it's fucking, uh, oh my god i should shit my pants <laughs> So like I, I won't. Go that's too much that's unrelated to the AI thing. <laughs> that's just a problem I'm dealing with. That's because I'm 80 years old. Yeah, well, like I don't, I don't want to take up too much time. I'll just say right. I talked earlier about. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, that's amazing. That. Yeah. Look, okay. I talked about earlier how I wasn't in a great mood when I saw uh, Godzilla minus one. I also was not in a great mood when I saw this movie. But this movie made me completely forget. I made a whole event out of going to, they had like special advanced screenings of it, like a pre-opening night IMAX show Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that I went to. And I just, God, it was just two hours and 45 minutes. You know, look, I'll just say, I'm not spoiling it, but Matt and I, both of our number ones are two hour, 45 minute long action movies. See, I'm looking out for y'all. They're not. One of them. <laughs> One of them did not work as well for me, and I felt like the length was a hindrance, but we'll talk about that. This one, I never felt the time at all. It was a, it blasted right through from the get-go when we opened on a submarine, a setting Hayden does not like, but, but always it's mercifully inside. short in this movie. It's very short, yeah. <laughs> and it just short. never stops moving. You have an amazing car chase. You've got uh, they show up in the desert for a little bit. Uh, God, I don't even know. Of course, there's the train and the uh, car. The I said the car chase. Oh, start listening to me, man. Man, there's dogs <laughs> barking out here. I can hear shit. Uh, you got uh, oh, a superstar oh. Um, legend from this list, apparently, Palm Clementif appearing in more than one movie on I uh, both say of Vanessa our Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, oh, too. Yeah. Multiple legends oh. here. Palm Clementine really kind of <laughs> stole the show. Like she just like She's I always Joker. I love the I love the silent ominous henchman trope, and she is a great addition to that long-running trend. She's playing an incel like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> uh Isai oh. Morales, great villain alongside the the, the AI villain. It's oh, uh, yeah. what a what a crazy movie. I just I <laughs> I'm, you know, I'll let you guys talk about it because I'm just going into word. Vo it's just a movie that fills me with excitement. And at the end of the day, that's what I want from movies. One of my. OK, so real quick, Matt, because I, I don't have a ton to say about it. I love the movie. It's on my list, but I don't have a ton to say about it. Uh, possibly my worst theatrical experience of the year. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> I saw it at the local theater here is the first and last time i will be seeing a movie there because uh i took my dad we really 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 wanted to see this and we didn't get to see it opening weekend 
not get to see it the second weekend. And it was already pushed to the smallest screen by the third. Oh. And so we were in the smallest screen and half the audio was just not there. It was just missing. So like the music, the volume of the music was about as quiet as it, as it could go. The dialogue was extremely loud and some of the sound effects were loud, but like, for instance, no footsteps, the whole movie. Oh, that's weird. No footsteps. Um, When someone put something on a table, couldn't hear it. Um, So like the audio was so fucked. I have not seen the movie since only saw it once. The fact that it still is, I don't have my list in front of me. Mark, what is it on my list? Five? Uh, you got it at number four. Four. The fact oh, wow. that it's still number four shows how good the action set pieces are. Because when I'm watching an action movie, I don't care about nothing. I don't care about nothing except the action. The action mm-hmm. better be good, okay? I do not watch these things all the time. They better <laughs> be good, okay? It's not like with horror, I'm like, didn't have to be scary i'll make all these concessions because it's my favorite genre no no no. i don't watch these things <laughs> the action better grab me and this had some of the most entertaining fun zany edge of my seat was not expecting that action set pieces i've seen in a long time and something else that's really grown on me i used to not like it at all i love the concept of the adjustment bureau type of uh, action <laughs> movies where it's like, there's a bad guy and it can control literally everything in the world. Like, like uh, the AI is able to like hack everybody's cell phones and like, you know, the, the, the we're one step away from the AI being able to fight Tom Cruise just by like, <laughs> and it's not even like a physical thing, you know? Like, so I love how, I could almost feel how this would be a step too far for people like my dad who, who were like, okay, I, this movie needs to be grounded in reality. And the AI is so super powerful. It almost feels supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, it's almost like possessing people at a certain point. Like <laughs> this guy, the, who's this guy, like the ghost of Tom Cruise future or whatever. Like, I mean, the, 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 the main bad guy, you're like, this oh, is Ethan Morales. he feels like yeah. a, like the AI made him to be a human. Yes. Like, exactly. Uh, to go out you're expecting him to very weird. Yeah. <laughs> you're expecting him to explode into nanobots or like, a, you know, so like I could see how that could be a little too far for some people, man. I had such a good time watching this movie, though. Yeah, I okay. This is controversial, I guess. Uh, this was my like, oh, besides my number one, my other most anticipated movie of this year, and I was a little disappointed. Not too much, it's number nine, so it's not like mm-hmm. I fell in the top ten. But I think my expectations were so sky high that I didn't know it could. I don't think it could. Well, funny because. My number one, the expectations got higher, but it lived up to them. But something felt off about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I, I could not put my finger on what was off about it. Um, mm. It felt a little, like, compared to the past couple, I felt like it felt a little more, like, part one slapdashed. I don't know. Like, it's the kind of, the <laughs> da- like, thrown together, like, a little. It, I know they had all this, like, COVID stuff and it had a start and stop. And, like, maybe that made it feel that way to me i mean like i don't know but it just felt like something was off and i was like this is not hitting like i thought it would but the set pieces are great 
like the I love the scene in the the airport where they're trying to go through, which isn't even like fully like an action set piece. It's more like a espionage set piece, but it's really fun. The car chase is super fun. The little yellow yes. car. <laughs> um, the train sequence is incredible. Great supporting cast. I love how I don't know if it's all to Tom Cruise or whoever, but bringing all these like great female characters like Haley Atwell. I love Rebecca. Oh, I didn't Ferguson. even mention her. She's great. She's great. Yeah. I love Rebecca Ferguson, especially in these movies. Um, Giving Vanessa Kirby like something to yes. do. Vanessa Kirby's great in that train part, like especially great in that train part. Um, uh, Palm Clementife is is fun as I remember her name was Paris. She's like this weird, yeah, silent hench hench woman. Um, the, it's the not cruise. a horror movie, but that moment, that like silent moment where she's whistling as she's slowly like drawing her sword, like it's so creepy. It's so awesome. <laughs> she is kind of creepy in a way. And then, I mean, the rest, you know, Simon Pegg and Bing Rams reliable as ever. I, I, so everything was like there. <laughs> Ethan, I gotta go sit down. <laughs> Ethan, the man. This has is, a... I gotta, I gotta leave this movie. Ethan. The man so hasn't fun... had to sit down so long. Well, yeah, poor guy. I mean, I think he probably has like he hasn't had to stand in so long. Well, he has to sit down now. So <laughs> Ving Rames once told a story about apparently his character was supposed to die in the first one. And I think I heard him tell a story where he confronted Tom Cruise, like, really? You're gonna kill the black man? What the fuck, man? And Tom and Cruise like, him oh my god, you're right. I can't do that. I, you'll never die. You'll never you'll die. never die. And so he has literally kept him on this whole time, I think, because that with the exception of part four, where he just got a little cameo for some reason. It, oh, this yeah. has one of my favorite mo- Matt, I'm sorry, did I just interrupt you? I, I, I know I can't really think of what else I want to say. I get I need to rewatch it. This is the one I really want to rewatch. I know it, I don't think it's hit a streaming service like Paramount Plus or anything yet, unless I missed it. I and caved I have, and bought it, a digital. Copy. Yeah, it hit Mark's. It hit Mark and me's voodoo. <laughs> That's where it hit. I should have just bought the DVD or 4K or not DVD, the Blu-ray. I might buying DVDs, mm-hmm. but I should have bought it at some point. But I kept waiting for like a price drop. I don't know. This is the one I I think I will like better, especially when it's a complete thing yes. when part two comes out there was a real plague of like part one movies this year which i am not the biggest fan of of like it apparently was i love them sorry i was gonna say halloween kills oh. and dune were my top two in 2021 and this is my uh number one here uh, so <laughs> spider-man this and what else spider-man this i swear there was another one i'm not making this up uh oh my god huh. what's the other one i'm thinking of huh. i swear there's another one i'm sorry i i just cannot oh, think of what it is maestro <laughs> oh rebel moon rebel moon oh, oh yes yes see that's yeah. you know what so i shouldn't call I it a plague say. it's three movies but it's like... rebel moon's gonna be on my list next year i hope rebel moon kind of comes through because it let me if we get that full director's cut version and uh it's as good as he's capable of making it yeah it's gonna yeah. be great that uh, uh so yeah. i don't know yeah i mean basically i something did not hit the way I wanted to with Dead Reckoning and I feel like it's kind of what Mark was saying about the other movie we're going to talk about that it like I felt the runtime a little bit I think if I remember right like and I didn't feel it the other one so well why don't we talk about that so one? Like, well hold on hold on what the hell <laughs> no I just want to say I just want to say one more thing I this movie has one of the great selfless hero lines my 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 favorite thing my favorite thing in movies is whenever the hero is like so humble. No, no, no thought about themselves at all. That's why I love the Sam Raimi Spider-Man so much. 
those movies are about Toby having to like realize that he needs to put everyone in front of himself. Oh, lovely. That's that's what makes a hero a hero. My my two favorite parts in the Nolan trilogy in the Nolan Batman trilogy are like someone someone uh, who is it in Batman Begins? I think it's Katie Holmes. She's like, you know, I never said thank you, and Batman's like, you'll never have to, and then he like jumps off the thing. And then I love in the Dark Knight Rises when Anne Hathaway is like. You've given these people everything. He says, not everything. Not yet. And you're like, oh my God. It makes me want to cry thinking about it. This movie <laughs> has one of those. Whenever um, Tom Cruise says, I swear your life will always matter more to me than my own. Mm-hmm. She says, you don't even know me. And he says, what difference does that make? Mm-hmm. Ugh, bro <laughs> it's like like I, like I, he's not a like tom cruise is not a perfect guy of course might might be a terrible person you know probably is i don't, I don't know he's a freak but uh but perfect like movie star if he's if that line i mean that i'm not i'm not trying to get pretentious that line in the movie is fantastic him talking yeah. to the character but if he's also talking to the audience and saying like Look, I'm making these movies. I'm I might kill myself on these stunts to entertain you because that's what I was put on this earth to do. That is that is my life goal. And we're like, but you don't even know us. And he's like, that. that what difference does that make? I'm here to <laughs> to entertain you, whether you like me or not. Like, look, like, mm. Ethan. <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, sorry. Good oh, stuff. So good. good. Stuff. Um. I'm going to rewatch it and probably end up being like, oh shit, I should put that higher on my list. But uh, for now, number they nine. They can't but... all be number one, though. No, I'm glad it, I, have we, we've, I'm sure in the past we've had all three different no, number ones, haven't we? Or we um, have you guys matched? I know you matched on. What was last year? Last, last year we had three number ones. I had Avatar, Hayden had Cyrano, and Matt had Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, okay. We were different. Okay. I love how those are all to our taste too. <laughs> it's like just, yeah. just like this year. Um, really fits. Yeah, really okay. fits. All right. Well, then the same thing this year. So uh my number one to no one's surprise is John Wick uh chapter four. Good, because if it wasn't, I was gonna shoot you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's okay, I've got Kevlar <laughs> suit on, so I'll be fine. Uh <laughs> yeah. don't stay away from any stairs, Matt. I know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, John Wick Chapter 4, again, I think we did a podcast on when it came out that was, again, very, like, three hour long, like, as long as the movie um, podcast. There was no way it was, like, not going to be number one. (laughs) From the minute I saw it, I was like, this is going to be number one. I was like, nothing will top this. A couple things got close. Oppenheimer and Godzilla Minus One, like, they were pushing, but they were never going to get there. But they they are very strong, two and three. But it's, it's like everything I want in an action movie. It is, like, I feel like I sound like a critic trying to get a pull quote, but it's like action movie nirvana. Like it is just absolutely on a different level. I've had a few experiences in my life, but I'm going to pick action movies with action movies where I felt like I am watching something that like, this is just mind blowing. Two of them involve Keanu Reeves. Uh, It's, it's this, it's the matrix. It's John (coughs) Hughes hard boiled. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. Uh, but those are like Mad top... Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. Didn't see in a theater. No, I didn't see in a theater. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I Furiosa. Like... The crazy thing is, happens. I really like Fury Road, but I feel like I don't like it as much as everybody else. It's like another jaw situation. Hey, Furiosa. Where... <laughs> don't don't yeah. reveal that, Matt, because we're never gonna stop making jokes about it. 
Do you have it in you to make it epic? <laughs> oh, but Hayden's I... quoting Chris Hemsworth. You never thought you'd see the day, right? I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, so... hey, when he wears a little nose, I'll quote him. You're like, I like him in weirdo <laughs> mode. Um, specifically the sequence in John Wick chapter four, where he goes through that building with like that shotgun shooting like the fire shells and yes. it's like a fire breathing shotgun. It shot from the overhead. Uh, overhead. Oh, yes. I felt like I was levitating. I was leaving my body. <laughs> I was like, this is the pinnacle. We have reached a level. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I loved, Chad. I loved it. God damn. Chad. Loved it so much. Uh, yeah, Chad Stahelski deserves a lot of credit um, for this and the series. Uh, uh, it's it's because I it's gotten better. Like I mean, they just keep topping themselves. It is. It's like, almost like like I I hate to say this because I know people. There is a ton of people who only like the first one, but it's almost like a prologue and then the the trilogy. You know. Yeah. Kind. Yeah. Like the 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 first one do, almost doesn't feel like it exists in the same universe. Yeah, and they get so much bigger because of that. Yeah. like because I had watched it, I'd rewatched all of them leading up to four, and I was kind of like surprised by how much one still worked for me. But it is such a smaller yeah. scale story, and it's like a lot of the myth building because they have the all the scenes with guys like when when his son tells him it's like it was John Wick that he kind of fucked with, and he's like, God damn it, and he yeah. just has to make the call, and he's like, Oh boy, <laughs> you really messed up. Like just the myth, the myth making is so great. And then it's just, it keeps expanding this world of assassins. Like, I think there was a point in three where I almost thought this is almost getting like out of hand. It's so, it's so big. Yeah. And ridiculous. But then like they've crossed through that and now it's like, yes, it's fine. Go bigger. Like, yeah. I don't even like push past it. And like, I mean, God damn for like, I don't know how to talk about set pieces. I mean, like I mentioned the thing with the shotgun, the overhead shot, um, the stair set piece. It's like, a funny in a fun like a almost like a silent movie type of way it's like i remember oh. the crowd just laughing at the when it gets a, a groaning but also laughing when it's like gets the top and then kicks back down and uh, donnie yen's incredible oh uh, he is fantastic one of this. the best he's awesome supporting actors of the year um scott adkins my god that scene when when it's <laughs> Keanu reeves and donnie yen and uh, the card table Yes, uh, Scott Atkins, and I feel bad. What's the other guy? Shamir Anderson, the tracker, that guy. When it's like them around that table, and then the the fight that follows it up with Scott Atkins and Keanu Reeves in that club where people are still dancing and people are being like murdered. <laughs> like it's this thing is so far out of reality at this point, but I absolutely mm. love all of it because they're in their own. They're almost Wicker. like they're almost like ghosts fighting around the living where like people don't because i remember the first time i felt that was in the subway scene in was it two where common and him are like shooting at each other while oh we're walking yeah, yeah. With, like public. little silence pistols and they're like doing yeah. like little like <laughs> yeah, and no no people. one notices anything nobody notices that's a good yeah. that's i like your description of that it's like they're like ghost fighting around real people it's like it's so weird they have their own little world but they they're in the real world but no one seems to ever notice who's not a part of it it's i don't know i it's it's action filmmaking on a level i could not believe and i'm so glad that they got to do it and pulled it off and went absolutely for broke please make no more like there cannot you cannot get you cannot top chapter four and like, the only spinoff i will accept is ballerina starring in a Diamas. yes i the only one. <laughs> i am with you i will accept that um oh, i <laughs> 
<laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, because I gushed about it like at length on the podcast we did about it months and months ago when it came out. Um, it was number one. It's always been number one. It was like yeah. it's like that. It was it's, always it's, it's like the draft with day a thing. bullet. Would you say I was gonna make that pun? It's like John with a bullet. Uh, it's like the draft day thing. It's like John Wick Chapter Four. No matter what, it was like your yeah. Cyrano. No matter what, last year. Well, there's um, those movies you fall in love with where you're like you see him and you're like that's the one. It's it's meant to be. We're soulmates. So good. It's so incredible. Um, I okay. I uh, yeah. I love it for you, Matt. The only <laughs> and it's in my honorable mentions. We'll get to honorable mentions in in a few seconds, I guess. But like, because we're not gonna let Mark talk. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I like it's another thing like poor things with like where like it it have it it was too long for me, and there were certain moments that that dragged a little bit. However, the moments that cooked no action movie this year cooked the same way i will say the same way because overall i enjoyed the set pieces of mission impossible more because they're just they're so they're not inventive in like a technical way the way the john wick stuff is where it's like the overhead shot and everything like that where you're like oh my god like reach nirvana from (laughs) like a filmmaking standpoint the way you do in john wick 4 i I just thought they were so inventive and like it oh you know he's they're handcuffing they're doing sleight of hand while they're driving around (laughs) a little thing like that stuff is just so fun so i think i enjoy those set pieces a little bit more however it's like when john wick 4 is cooking and he's like he's like throwing i can't remember what he's throwing but he's throwing that guy and the guy keeps or no he's shooting the guy he's bouncing off the drum again and again and again (laughs) that i mean that that movie is just like if i look forward to rewatching the john wicks in the future and like like on a sick day or on a day off like watching all four of them i will be exhausted and maybe never watch an action movie again uh-huh. but that will be a fun day even i gave them a week apart when i was doing the rewatch i was like i cannot watch these close together because i think it's just um, i even think it's almost too overload much. It's, it's almost overload. i it's I like had, watching I had, ascending in one sitting all right you just had to do he just had yeah, to. Right. i don't yeah, know right. why <laughs> no. guy shows me three movies where dogs die in a two-day oh, span but i'm the bad guy <laughs> you're not the bad guy <laughs> all right look john, i i did love john wick chapter four and i mean for a good chunk of the year it was on my list but i even bought the 4k but you know i i can't get past the length you know and it's i mean obviously my number one is another action movie that's two hours and 45 minutes but and i know there are action experts who are gonna disagree with me here but here's the thing to me John Wick is very repetitive. And after a certain point, you just like, he's done so many like close up, like, <laughs> like there's so much hand to hand combat. And I'm not an expert that I can't overanalyze and tell you what's different between each move. So a lot of it feels the same to me. And it just, it goes on way too long for me. I've actually tried rewatching it before this episode and I had to take a break. I couldn't sit through the whole thing because I felt that it was too much. But like it's it's impec it is a great movie. It's impeccably made. And I think that whole Japan the Japan stuff is really my favorite. I just love the way that world is designed. You got Hariyuki Sonata in there, and I always love oh seeing God. him. And uh the girl, the woman who plays his daughter, I forget her name, but she's awesome. And that whole sequence is just 
phenomenal. But even that sequence, I feel like goes on maybe 15 minutes too long. I feel like there are a lot of sequences that maybe just go on 15 minutes too long. And if you could cut all those out, you get the movie down to like two hours, two hours, 10 minutes, it would be on this list. It could be really high up there. It's an incredible time at the movies. Uh, just, uh, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to Lionsgate because they had two movies. They had two big movies this year. Uh, John Wick Chapter 4 and Hunger Games, uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I loved both of them, but they were both undone by their ridiculous lengths. Like Songbirds and Snakes, like the Hunger Games sequence ends and you've still got an hour left in the movie after that. <laughs> Oh, wow. And it's it's good stuff, but it goes on too long. And as like the more I think back on it, I'm just like, God, you really shot yourself in the foot there. And it's the same way I feel with John Wick. Question about the bird and the snake movie. Does the whole <laughs> Hunger Games sequence just take place in that one little broken down Coliseum thing? Pretty much, but they uh, boring. They find, hey, they find <laughs> a lot of hidden nooks and crannies okay. in there. Okay, cool. And um. Yeah, John Wick. It's just uh, that's all I've got to say about it. It's an inc- like it is impeccably crafted, but I just the length does it for me. And you know, when it comes, to, I need a little more variety in my action movies. Like if I'm gonna sit through something that long, and I feel like Mission Impossible delivered that to me, and I didn't think John Wick quite did. But I don't want anyone to take away that I didn't like it because I mean, I wouldn't have bought it if I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I'm gonna buy Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Don't you worry. Uh, when I like, <laughs> I probably missed the boat on Black Friday. I probably should have bought it then. Um, no, I but, wasn't on sale. Don't worry. Okay, I <laughs> I should have gone to Best Buy when they're getting rid of all their physical media. Um, let's see if I could find one for cheap. I'll be like, you guys are gonna get rid of this anyway. Can I just take it? Can I just take <laughs> it from the store? Um, uh, yeah, it's funny how Mark and I seem like we're almost like flip flopped on our two number ones, where it's like we have like the similar feelings, but about the other movie <laughs> like yeah i was bit. that's what i was thinking yeah um but i all right we did it boys we got through the top 10 uh great job i want yeah applause applause all around um look it's not uh, the microphones are cutting out for some reason but yes applause all around <laughs> yeah um okay before we draw mentions i forgot with the discoveries episode um to to run down our top 10s because even i was getting lost Oh. during the episode so i'm sure people are like what the fuck were they so hayden do you want to do your top your 10 from their 10 to 1 i 10 to 1 which i'm already regretting a few of these okay <laughs> 10 hell house llc origins carmichael manor nine the pale blue eye eight thanksgiving seven the killers of the flower moon six napoleon five godzilla minus one four Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. 3, Oppenheimer. 2, The Holdovers. And 1, Kenneth Branagh's A Ghost Saved My Life. No, uh, A Haunting <laughs> in Venice. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Right. Your top 10. <laughs> uh, number 10, Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. Number 9, Missing. Number 8, Thanksgiving. 7, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Six, Suzume. Five, Killers of the Flower Moon. Four, A Haunting in Venice. Three, Four Things. Two, Oppenheimer. And number one, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, the movie. 
okay. Mission Impossible <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One. Well, keep doing that joke until I really thought you were about to do it. I was like, is he gonna do it? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> if we hadn't already said table mission impossible, but I was like, is he gonna just flip I mean, you know, trick it me? It would have been a I mean, you could have changed. It would it. have been a boring one to talk about, too. What am I going to say about yeah. that? I, I like it, the songs. Is it Mission Colon Impossible Colon Part? Wait, is it Mission Colon Impossible Colon Dead Reckoning Colon Part One? No, there's a colon between every oh. single word. Listen, <laughs> here's mission, the trick: colon, you do a colon between Mission and Impossible, and you do a dash after Impossible, and after that, you're in uh, no man's land. So just, so just Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> Yeah. That's All right, Matt, let's go through your 10. Okay. Uh, number 10 was May, December. Number nine was Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Number eight was Asteroid City. Number seven was The Holdovers. Number six was Poor Things. Number five was Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. Number four was Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, number three was Godzilla Minus One. Two was Oppenheimer. And number one was John Wick Chapter 4. Good so, list. All right. All right. Good, good list, guys. Uh, so, right. uh, who wants to... Uh... Let's blast through some honorable mentions quickly. Yeah. Right. Uh, who wants to go first? We go in the same order. Just go the same way. Go. Yeah, Just go, go the same order. So if we were going to cheat, like Mark did last <laughs> year, and we'll go in a descending. God. So uh, we'll go in a descending order for honorable mentions because I have all mine ranked. But I mean, honestly, this this the the, the ranking below ten doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, they, yeah. they could be interchangeable. So like if we're gonna cheat, and I was gonna have a tie at number ten. It was going to be Hell House, LLC, you know, the, the Hell House. And then it was going to be The Nun 2, which I really like The Nun 1, and I really like The Nun 2. I don't know why, but, like, I love that. I love all the Conjuring movies, except for the first Annabelle. I love that whole mm-hmm. that whole uh, franchise. But there's something about the nun movies. They go kooky bananas in the nun. <laughs> they they're like uh-huh. they're like like even even with the Annabelle stuff, those movies get kooky, but they're still kind of like ah, this is kind of more tight. Like when people think of the Annabelle doll, they they know it's in the basement, so they're like we can't get too wacky with these things. And then it's mm-hmm. like even though comes home or Annabelle comes home, that is wacky. So I'll give it that. Maybe what I'm saying is complete bullshit. But whenever <laughs> I'm watching a, a nun movie, they're like, this nun's going to fucking kill. Like, this nun is just going to... No one thinks this is real. The nun is going to kill a bunch of people. And so I had a great time with the nun. Uh, the nun, too, sorry. Um, and then the other one that would have tied is Insidious the Red Door. I know this is a big bummer. One of the worst movies ever made this year for a bunch of people um a lot of people were disappointed in it i went in expecting to be disappointed the only thing when we watched no yeah i was when we watched it the only thing i was expecting to be looking forward to was the in credits for the ghost song because everyone love everyone agrees the ghost song is great with patrick wilson featuring patrick wilson (laughs) and what i got instead of a scary spooka blast you know, I'm I'm scared of I'm scared of ghosts in movie. Instead of that, I got Patrick Wilson making a movie about a dad just trying to save his son. And I love father and son movies. And this movie worked way better for me than I was anticipating it to, and way better for me than apparently it worked for a lot of people. So 
Um, those are my first two on the honorable mention. Poor Things, talked about it. Cobweb. Cobweb was oh, really man. good. That was like a fairy tale movie, fairy tale horror movie. And if it was, I don't know why, I think it tread a line between fairy tale and realistic. And it didn't have a foot deep enough on either side that metaphor doesn't work. It, it <laughs> like tread the line. I don't know. It, it didn't choose either one enough for me to get as invested in it as I wanted to. However, great Halloween atmosphere, got a bunch of pumpkins in it. Look forward to watching it uh, next Halloween. Um, number 15 should have been my number one. It's a shame that it's this low. Uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Love oh. Andre Overdahl. Love Dracula. Love the idea for this movie. Um, still rocked. I still liked the movie a lot. I still thought it was an incredibly solid little vampire monster movie, but it uh, there was just something about I think it was just a little too long. Some stuff just was a little too stretched out. Uh, then I got John Wick. Then I got Guardians of the Galaxy. Then I got Unlike Salem's Lot, uh, which will never come out. They finally released David Slade's Dark Harvest, the Killer Scarecrow movie. Oh, yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Much better than the book. Um, I mean, it's not amazing. It's kind of it's kind of corny, but I like it. It's like the Hunger Games, but with a scarecrow ripping people to shreds and there's a ton of blood in it. Um, the Boogeyman, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which I thought was really funny. And yeah. finally, my last honorable mention, a man called Otto, starring Tom Hanks. I forgot that came out. I thought it was last year. I think <laughs> like, it was last, like Janu- last year. I think it came out January first at twelve oh one a.m. That's what it feels like. Uh, uh, that that was pale a, blue eye came out the first week of the year. <laughs> yeah, a man called Otto is a really sweet movie about an old man just trying to commit suicide, and his neighbors won't leave him alone. <laughs> Just let me be. Just um, let me kill myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are my ons, my on, my on men's. <laughs> All right, Mark, you're on mention. All right, I'm just gonna blast right through these. Uh, kind of on a time crunch here. Uh, got David Fincher's The Killer, Godzilla minus one, The Holdovers. Uh, this is gonna be controversial. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Ferrari, Leave oh, the World man. Behind. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, yeah. Pale Blue Eye, Asteroid City, Last Voyage of the Meter, Dumb Money, and what the hell, The Boogeyman. I really like that. I haven't seen Boogeyman, but you both put your own mentions. And I'm like, should I watch The Boogeyman? <laughs> I like The Boogeyman. Uh, okay. Another movie that I was slightly disappointed in, but uh, it was good. It was okay. good. It was a good Stephen King movie. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll do mine now. Uh, so I, I would say the first like five or six here I mentioned, like really were on the bubble. I think at one point they were all like in the list probably and they got pulled out. So it really pained me to leave them out. But um, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which again had that weird feeling of like, I love the first one. Something felt a little off about this one. I don't know what it was. Again, it's like a part one of two, but I don't know. I liked it a lot, but it's just not quite there. No hard feeling to Jennifer Lawrence feel like it's such an underrated comedy that came out Ooh. this year uh she's great it. in it um haunting venice sorry hayden it was so close <laughs> um <laughs> bottoms it's one of the funniest movies i saw this year it's so weird i like it um the boy and the hair in the miyazaki movie um 
the Iron Claw, which I just is too sad for me to like ever rewatch, but it's <laughs> it's beautiful. Zach Efron's amazing. It is one of the saddest endings of the year. I literally cried telling someone about it because it was so emotional. <laughs> is it, it sadder than The Wrestler? Yes. Because I love The Wrestler. Oh my this, gosh. This is a devastation. <laughs> so like it is, it's so sad. I think you wouldn't believe it until you go Google the real story of the Von Eric family and you're like, oh, it's even sadder than the movie. <laughs> like they literally kind of pulled back, I think, to not like completely kill the audience <laughs> so uh but iron claw is great uh the killer david fincher's the killer um i loved air i couldn't believe it would be like commercial for nike and air jordan but it's really entertaining uh the covenant guy Ritchie movie with jake gyllenhaal is really good um the ninja turtles movie mutant mayhem expected nothing from that but it's really good uh barbie was great and the thing i, I watched just last night past lives was also really great, but I've had I wanna see them. no really time good. to sit with it at all. But um <laughs> but it's really good. Um yeah. and there was other I mean there was other stuff I could mention, like, but I just I gotta stop at some point. But um so it was like a year of like a lot of really good movies, but it didn't feel like no, I don't know. It didn't feel like the top was as no. amazing as past couple of years. We we've gushed a lot, and there are a handful of yeah. movies that we mentioned that I love, but man, compared to the last few years. Uh, this this one doesn't this one ain't got it like the last few years but <laughs> All right, i like, mean there, there were some good there were some good movies there's yeah. some good movies as i said we got to get going quick little <laughs> prompt we can blast through yeah uh what y'all's most anticipate one pick most anticipated movie of this year oh 2024 shit. what's coming out uh, <laughs> that's a tough question now. okay so oh fuck can we do three uh sure uh sure just go go them quickly because we are all right yeah okay uh kevin costner's horizon part one uh number one it's another part one but it's uh his big epic western that he mortgaged his like most profitable piece of property for um and his wife tried to sue him to get all the money and all that kind of stuff it's it's a messy production but i cannot wait for his epic western um david or david uh robert eggers nosferatu and uh i will say salem's lot but i don't think it's coming out like so i will just say salem's lot is always <laughs> going to be number one till it comes out i just do not believe it's ever going to come out so yeah those are my three that i'm looking forward to all right you know what i'm really hyped for it's coming out next week the beekeeper with hey, jason Satham. the beekeeper looks, looks great fun. i'm night not swim, kidding that looks amazing <laughs> night swim is calling oh. my name i'm gonna see it this this weekend the beekeeper and night swim already starting off to a better start than uh yeah than 20 uh dune part two my name real i'm gonna cheat mark i'm sorry dune part two uh i didn't look at the list i just had it um uh god damn it sorry sorry furiosa i'm looking mm. forward to that uh and ballerina and there was one more and then i'll stop i swear uh i'm curious about the new alien movie the fetty alvarez alien romulus mm-hmm. movie yeah Hell very yeah. curious that's gonna be um okay that's all i'll say i'm good uh, there's probably more i'm forgetting about though <laughs> I mean, I'm forgetting about all of them, but I mean, I can't think of, I can't imagine I'm excited for anything more than Dune Part 2, so I'll say that. Yeah. Man, I wish they didn't push that back to next. I mean, I guess it's something to look forward to, but... Hey, it is, at least it, is it has a date. To look forward to. True. You know what? You know what? What the hell? I'll say one more. Rebel Moon Part 2, and then the hopeful eventual director's cut. Yeah. That I... I, even though I did not really like Rebel Moon, I'm looking forward to Part 2, because I hope... And the director's cut in general. I hope that 
helps things. So anyway, I know you guys got to go. So do you guys want to plug anything? Or I mean, if you don't, we can just skip that if you want to. But if... this is pretty much the only thing I got to plug. So and I'm <laughs> yeah. on it. Listen to the film <laughs> feast top ten episode that you guys. You just listen. I, I want you to. I want you to remove this from this episode from your device. Redownload it and listen to it again. It okay. double the download numbers. Uh, yeah, so double all four, all four hours of it. I the minute I said, "Hey, we're doing really well on time," it like I think how I said did it. how did we slow down like that? We were. I think because everything camp. was at that point table at table at table it, and then we got to the point where we had to mm. unpack. And everything. also, they're the higher ups. Uh, higher ups are always going to be talked about more than the lower downs. Yeah, right. I didn't. When I said that, I didn't think, "Oh, we've tabled a bunch of stuff, so we haven't had to actually talk about anything." So we're flying through. So I, wanna, I mean, get, I want to write something called the lower downs. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say this, guys. Yeah. I think each one of us pretty much only has two or three titles that aren't on someone else's list. So there's a lot of crossover here. I thought that was going to happen this year because even other top ten lists I've read or listened to podcasts, there's been a lot of everyone having the same titles, but. You know, they're good movies. So what can you do? Um, okay. Anything if you guys don't want to plug anything, I'll just say the usual. Um, you could follow the podcast on Twitter, Film Feast Pod, follow me on Twitter, Maplet87, uh, follow me in the podcast Instagram, Film Feast All One Word. Um, if you like this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I don't ask for that enough, I feel like. So um people this you people come out of the woodwork to listen to this one usually because it's a top ten of the year episode. So uh if you haven't done that, please do that. I appreciate it. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.